Hello, friends, and welcome to the Frank Lombardo Show. This show is brought to you by WLBC Radio. Hey, guys, I know we have Spotify. I know we have all these other streaming platform services, but it's time for you guys to make the switch and get WLBC Radio. WLBC Radio has 45 different markets with completely different genres for you to tune out, get a kickback, and just relax, too. It's very easy. It's free. And it's available on Apple and Android phones. This show is also brought to you by the Alley Sports Podcast, a sports show where three boys, including myself, just talk about sports and life and have to have ourselves a good time. It's available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all podcast platforms across. So as you can see, uh, it's been a it's been a little bit since I've been back, so I'm going to promote, obviously, our restaurants for, for the week that are local businesses that are looking to, uh, you know, not only get some help, but just in general, just for you guys to go check out and see. My first one is uh, Joe and, and Giuseppe's. They are an Italian restaurant located in Arlington Heights. They got one of the best, I mean, if you're into fish and you really like seafood, they got some really good authentic seafood. I'm telling you, it is to die for it. Obviously, they have a mixture of all other dishes, but for me, I've really gotten to seafood, and seafood is the shit, so I recommend you guys go to Joe and Giuseppe's. Another one that I have for you guys, it is called Italian Village. This place is uh, in Chicago. It's on 71 West Monroe Street. Uh, basically, they were the starting pretty much an old Italian restaurant that's been there for years. So they got one of the best Italian foods right now. Uh, Chicago is open at a uh, 25% capacity. So they definitely do have a large variety of choices for you guys to go take a look at. So definitely go check it out. It's Italian Village. My guest today, uh, he was my first guy on the episode. He's always a good buddy to talk to. He uh, definitely has a passion of heart. You know, when, when it comes to not only just talking about politics, but also has an eager to really just to do uh, good, you know, f- for for everybody. So I want you guys to uh, really, you know, pay attention and, you know, give your undivided attention because I, I think he's he's awesome. And honestly, if you ever have a chance to run into him, you know, uh, get to know him. He's 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 worth the time. And um, and you know what? I guarantee you, you'll like him. Please give it up for the powerful and great Ethan Brady. He says, we don't got any Blantons. You missed it. And I said, okay, can I, um, do you have anything else? He's like, I got E.H. Taylor. I was like, oh, fuck off. I'm just, it, for, I don't, shelling out cash for good bourbon, man. It's bad. My collection has grown ridiculously. That's good. It's good. That's very good. So if you want to try some. I would love to try some. So um, are you telling me to go get the bottle? I would want you to go get the bottle. <laughs> go get it. Go get also, it. Also, this is this is a real cigar light. Yes. I th- so I apologize. That's what, no, no, no. That's I what I meant. Because I got a Zippo, and they're like, never use a Zippo on a cigar. I got a 1952 Zippo that my buddy Evan got me. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful Zippo. I have it with me. It's awesome. Like the little, I love how it is. Yeah, it's the best. Um, they asked me, though. They gave me a match. They gave me a matchbox in case. All right. Which they say matches or these special ones. Yeah, I got I, that, and I, I knew right away that I'm going to have to fill up. So, yeah, why don't you go grab it? I'm going to grab it. Yeah, go ahead. Go grab it. We're going to crack it. I just bought it. Yeah. Uh, it's always good to uh, start off a uh, podcast when the guest doesn't really know exactly when they're on. 
that's how you know that it thro- uh, grows the authenticity of the conversation. Um, just it's very it's it's nice because you know what the thing is it's like people I feel like they're not always like real about what they have to say and it's just like organic and then the moment you hit record boom everything just changes and they're like all right now I now I'm on the show things have to switch and that's not the type of person that I am and I think that um, I think that you know for the way how I like to deal with things in life it's you know, taking things with a grain of salt, even though I'm guilty of not doing that, trying to change my way of being, you know, open-minded with it. But, um, yeah, it's just, you know, taking things in a different path actually have a lot of good benefits for it. So, yeah. So, you bro, I can't wait, I can't wait to see what, what, what you got. So, just a little bit of history. This is one of those bourbons. Maybe two or three years ago, people weren't really into bourbon. So I bought this at a Woodman's up in Wisconsin for like 30 bucks. Oh, yeah, the Woodman's Market. It's fucking awesome, man. That place is great. And I didn't realize that it was a rare bourbon. The guy must have been looking at me funny. I was like, just buy this. I'll buy this. I thought by the packaging, because the packaging is so beautiful, I was like, I bet this is one of those bourbons where it's like a showy, flashy one. Mm -hmm. I never, like, I just put it in cocktails. I, like th- which is horrible because this is a great bourbon. And I threw it in like Manhattans and Old Fashions. And someone told me after, like, wow, you have a bottle of E.H. Taylor. And it was empty. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, I just like the bottle. They're like, where'd you get it? And they're asking as if like it was real important. I was like, I got it at a Woodman's. I got it for like 30 bucks. Yeah. Their jaw dropped. They're like, how did you get it? How you get it, huh? They, Anyone uh, that's listening is probably like, uh, I don't give a fuck. Fine fuck. <laughs> yeah, fine fuck. Um, but if you, it, it's a dangerous game. I've seen man. that. You've seen this? Oh, yeah. Bro, when I used to work at um at a fuck, what was that liquor store in, in DeKalb? Uh, Thirsties. It was oh, called yeah. it was called Thirsties. How long ago? Uh, I want to say uh, my sophomore year of college, so 2017. Yeah. See, back then, I know it sounds crazy, but even back then, like it didn't, it wasn't a, a huge deal. Exactly. But now people are like, oh god, it. Like if someone hypes it up, like if a magazine releases it and they say it was top ten. Flies off the shelves within mm-hmm. a week. It's crazy. Yeah. So yeah, let's. I mean, this is yeah. I I've seen the, the, these types before, and it's. I love the way how they have their cover and how they how they like portray how it's supposed to be. Awesome. I, I I like the art behind it. So just a little history. That looks that looks very very cool. Oh, it's a beautiful. So this is be. I, I again, I had this before. I bought this yesterday at another Binnie's, and then I again, I'm an addict, Frank. I'm like, I need to have a. Now I've gotten into the psyche where I'm like, I need to have a backup bottle for my favorite bottle. I got you. It's bad, bro. Like, so if I have the opportunity so, to get it, one to one to share the love and one and one to keep for. That's exactly it. For, so, like, I, I'm we're opening this now, and this is this is the bottle. You're spreading the love, man. Yeah, man. I love that. What a fucking what 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 a man I love. I love Frank Lombardo. Hey, Ethan. <laughs> let me ask you something. Okay. As, you know, as you're as you're getting this going, yeah. um, you know, I was uh, as you were going to the car, I was kind of like giving my own self thought and um and I was saying that like how you know when it comes to having like organic conversations you know people really have their conversations not thinking that like you know they're they're on the mic or they're being watched sure. it's just more so of like you and I just talking bullshit like that right but then the moment you know someone hits the record button or they say we're live all of a sudden, they just changed. They censored themselves. Why is that? Well, and and before you answer that question, 
I think part of the answer is that as of today, you know, the way how we're living in society, the way how social media has, you know, um, perceived, you know, the value of life and what we're supposed to say and what we're not supposed to say. I feel like that's why people censored themselves. But at the same time, I feel like when you censor yourself, you're also not being true to expressing exactly what you're feeling. So you're absolutely right. Um, you know, but besides that, I mean, why are people, I guess, I guess the word is shy. Cheers. Off, cheers, man. Cheers. Cheers to this. Um, yeah, smell that first, man. It's awesome. Never there the first time I drink bourbon? It's 50% ABV, by the way. That's bottled in bonds. So that's, that's coming out of the barrel at a higher proof. So if you're, if it's spicy, that's why it's. I like it. Yeah. It's, um, so. Why do I think the people censor themselves? Um, people have a an ego, and it's not the ego that the original definition of ego is. When you're a kid, you have no ego. You, you know, you run around. Uh, you know, you're you're painting the walls. You're you have no sense of pride. Mm-hmm. You have no sense of uh, shame. You know, but as we get older we learn from other kids, from teachers, from our parents, we learn how to be a, a good member of society mm-hmm. and a productive member of society. Um, this is kind of like what Freud kind of theorized in, in his work, the, the id, the ego, the superego. So when we're kids, like we start developing an ego, we realize, okay, well, it's not good to, you know, bl- blurt something out whenever I feel like it, like I'll keep my emotions to myself because you start to, you start to think, well, what are other people thinking of me? So in first grade, second grade, you're a crazy little kid, but you're less crazy than when you were like three or four years old. Cause you have no concept of what right or wrong is. You have no concept of shame. You have no concept of, you don't fear what other people are thinking of you. Yeah. And I think that as time goes on, you develop not only an ego, it's like how you behave in society, you develop a super ego. And the super ego, again, this is the original definition. This is not like what we uh, think of now as ego. Like if I say, oh, Frank's got a big ego. In society, we think like, oh, he thinks a lot. He thinks highly of himself. But the original definition of ego is how we build ourselves for other people and how we want to how we think we should be perceived by other people. The superego is when you put a tie on to go to work, when you speak a different way with your coworkers than your friends, you code switch. Now, I'm not an expert, but like, why do people censor themselves? They're afraid of what other people will think about them. So it's dangerous. It is dangerous. It's, it's, it's not necessarily dangerous, but it's if, if people lose sight of themselves. So when we're babies, when we're kids, Freud said, like, we have the id. Our id is our natural inclination to play. So when you're a kid, you want to run around. You want to throw stuff at the wall. You want to touch stuff. You want to see, like, is this hot? Is this not? Mm -hmm. You're constantly getting yelled at by your parents and getting disciplined because you're in discovery mode. And you're having, like, this general curiosity that instead of people feeding the curiosity, I think we have this mistake in society where we're not actually, like, teaching kids good habits we are and we aren't, but what we are doing is we're suppressing their curiosity. That's what the school system is. Suppress, I don't care what your dreams are. I don't care what you're really good at. Just learn to be a good office worker. Shut the fuck up. 
be a good cog in the wheel. So in that regard, it's dangerous. It's dangerous because through our school system, um, through adults generally having an, a poor idea of what self is and what the human spirit is, we suppress our, our thoughts and our dreams to conform to society. I see. And I think that's kind of scary. So to answer your question in short, like why do people fear, like when that mic gets turned on, um, they, they have their own thoughts, they have their own idea of things, they have their own passions, their dreams, their, in, in this regard, like their opinions on mm-hmm. things, but Christ, they're, fr- they're afraid of what people will think Yeah. about what they, what they really think in their head. Yeah, and, and I feel like, you know, especially as technology has improved, like, example, like Twitter, when Twitter started back in 2008, you know, back in high school, when you would make a tweet about something, you'd think everyone was looking at it. And, and truthful, it was. Yeah. Everyone was looking at it. And you're trying to make, like, the best status, you know, Facebook, when, when, when they came out. You know, like the truth is shit. Like if you did someone's truth is, like you felt cool. Sure. You know. If oh, you, I remember. You those. know, yeah, if, yeah. if you were a part, a part of it, like shit like that. Yeah. You know, and now and now Instagram, when when someone tags you in the photo, you feel like you you're a part of something. Obviously, there's a very good psychological positive, you know, part about that, but I think when you weigh the consequences on the other side, I think it's unweighted uh, poorly, because the way how I see it is that. You know, for example, right, Ethan tag, tags a photo of, of myself, right? It's me, Ethan, and a, and a couple of dudes, all right? I'm, I'm like, yeah, this was a great fucking night. At the same time, the positive, the positive of that is I was there, I was in that photo, and now everyone gets to see it, right? But then the negative aspect of it is that, you know, some people worry about the outsiders. Sure. And the outsiders could say, fuck, how come I wasn't there? Now I feel like shit. How come my life isn't like that? Exactly. You know? And I think that, you know, wh- when you're in the moment, you don't think about anything else because you're in that moment and you're enjoying every single piece of that moment. Sure. But when you're an outsider, right? Like like Junior, for example, is an outsider. He sees this fucking photo. He's like, man, you know, I'm, I'm good friends with Ethan. How come he didn't call me? Like, yeah. am, am I now just like a piece of shit? Yeah, you know. Yeah, I think it. It's, you touched on a lot of points there. It creates in that particular situation. It creates a lot of social anxiety that shouldn't happen. There's a lot of increase in social anxiety. A lot of increase. Yeah, a lot. Right. You know, it's like, yeah. like, like yesterday. I went to I went to Maple and Ash. Sure. Oh, nice. Fucking beautiful. Oh, it's awesome. beautiful place. Yeah, my beautiful buddy is the uh, is. I don't know. I haven't kept up with him in a while. But a, a guy that I worked with at the Capitol Grill, he uh, he was the wine director of Maple and Ash. Really? Yeah. They got a nice list. Yeah, um, I bet they got a nice. I bet. List. He's he's like a level three psalm, like down there in River North. I'm sure it's beautiful. Oh wow, it's awesome. yeah. um, you know. So when I went over there, you know, like um, I was I was walking as I'm walking t- to my table. Give me a sec. Let me finish. As I'm walking to my table, you look at all these diff. Larry, out of let's say there let's say there was 15 tables. This place was packed, by the way. Okay, and I'm sitting in the outside part of it, which is still to me inside. But I'll get into that later. Oh, okay, sure. So let's say there's about 15 tables, right? At least 11 out of those tables were like happy birthday and all this other bullshit, sure. right? And then what you would see that moment right there is that, yeah, that's fine. Um, what you would see is that, you know, this is the type of place where, you know, pe- people are going to be taking a picture and it's like, oh, it's my birthday, you know, like, and this is where it's going to go. 
I'm not saying that's a bad thing, right. but when we talk about social anxiety, right, when someone sees it from an outside perspective, they're like, damn, I want to go there. Or, yeah. or they're saying, you know what, I don't, I don't have that type of time or money or, or whatever, yeah, whatever it is sure. to enjoy that experience. Right. So now I feel worthless again. So the thing yeah. is, it's, you're right. It is a certain situation. There is a lot of positives and negatives towards social media. I still think it's it's weighted poorly. There is very good positives, but I think there's a very there's a lot of negative con, uh, you so know you, consequences. You think that there's like a net negative. I think so. Okay. I think so, and and maybe that that's just me not not really being fully open to, you know, looking at it from a different way. I haven't. There's a documentary that I haven't seen yet. That even my mom, Joe, you know, listened to Joe Rogan, and uh, sure. I, I forgot who was the guy that that wrote, had the documentary, the uh, social. The Dilemma on Netflix. Yeah, I heard about it. I didn't see it. Yeah, I didn't see her, but I heard it's some pretty... It's very good. It's very intense. It's very intense, too. Yeah, you I know, that. Like, um, to, j- just to kind of, like, wrap it up, it's like, when just like how you said, like, when we were kids, right? We had, we had no ego, and we're just exploring, like, fucking animals. We're, we're basically in the wild. And then yeah. after that, like... You know, we didn't really think about phones back then. We had fucking Game Boys and, and PSPs oh, sure. and fucking GameCubes and and just literally the outside of nature to explore. I, I have no shame in saying this. Like, my, my first game console, and I had to, like, fight for it, was like, can I please get a PlayStation 2 in third grade? That was the best. That was the best, man. I, lo- I, I love the PS2. My, to this day, I remember my first two games because I bought, like, a combo. Like, I bought the PlayStation 2, and it came with... Two Dual Shocks and it came with two games, and I got Ratchet and Clank. I don't know if do you remember mm-hmm. that Ratchet mm-hmm. and Clank, and which was a badass game. Like it was fun. You know, like you had to level up. And it's all one, that it's one of the all time great games. And then like ATV Four Off Road. Yeah. So like I don't know if you remember too. that one too. And that's and I, I remember for months playing these two games to my heart content before I even thought of like getting a third game or a fourth game. And then of course you know you've like hundreds, um, but generally when I wasn't playing video games i was outside i i rang doorbells on my street and asked my friends to come out and play Mm -hmm. it's just to think of it like just riding up and down the street on your bike you know playing catch ball whatever i mean nerf guns whatever it was it's i i do think I, i i'm starting to come around to it a little more especially in the last year with everything, a culmination of everything, mm-hmm. politics, social media, everything, that there is, in fact, a net negative. Not with the Internet. That's not with the Internet at all. Mm-hmm. That has changed our society for the better, I'm convinced. But social media, um, it, it is a, a powerful tool, but we are creating monsters. For sure. Both in people and the companies that drive these platforms. They're becoming bigger than small countries in Europe, and that's frightening. And they wield power, and that's so. I know I'm going off on a whole different no, thing, but that's it's dangerous. I agree. I agree because how good is this bourbon, by the way? It's very good. You like it? It's very good. There's a reason that they don't put these on the shelves. They hide this stuff. I'm glad you like it's, it. It's very good. And, you, like and you know me. I'm not the type of person who really drinks. No, you're not. And when I do, it's I I enjoy. You know, I I'm sorry. I cherish the moment. Yeah. So it's very good. And you know what? Just not to get too sappy, but there's a, a great a great man told me. Um, my wine instructor, Paul, he said, never let anyone tell you what is a good wine or what is a bad wine. He said, drink what you like. He said, if you like it, drink it. That's, that's, that's it. it. But he also said, he said, your experience with alcohol 
is exacerbated and or not exact that's a negative but like a, a it's pod there's a positive spin on it and it gets enhanced so much when you're having a drink with a good friend so that's what we're doing right now so cheers Ethan. cheers to a good bourbon with a good man Ethan, it's always a pleasure to fucking have you back, man. It's uh, it was crazy because after after I did like, after I did like you know three episodes, I I told myself you know there was so much going on on your timeline. I'm thinking to myself, man, this guy fucking he's doing it all. And uh, you know when you went to Colombia and uh, was awesome. you know and and I and honestly I have missed some points because I have I I should have I should have gone back to see what else you did, but I mean that, that's why you're here. Um, but yeah, dude, I mean, you got a lot of adventures going on and the fact that you had this adventure happening, I got to hear more about it, man. I want, I want you to tell me Columbia, man. How was it? It it was incredible. So my, again, I, I always premise it by saying I'm very fortunate to travel because my, uh, my parents are, uh, addicted to traveling. They love traveling. Um, my father's always wanted to get to. Colombia specifically and hit up South America so South America is on his radar right now he's looking at Panama and he's looking at Argentina and other places but Colombia simply if I can be honest just because we were looking for a place that was open because mm -hmm. we are in the middle of this pandemic and we were looking for a place that was open that had the you know their their shit on lock yeah you know and uh, it wasn't going to be an issue getting into the place the Spirit Airlines flies to Columbia. Okay. I just want to, I don't know anyone else's experience. My experience with Spirit has been overwhelmingly positive, and I've flown them now four times. Um, so their flights down to South America, like if you're looking for to get to a different continent and experience uh, Latin America uh, that's different than maybe Mexico mm -hmm. and different than maybe the DR, uh, Columbia is where you should go. Cartagena is where we went specifically. It's on the coast. It's a mixture of kind of like the, the new Cartagena, they call it like new Miami, like it's uh, Boca Grande okay. and the old city, which was a, a Spanish fort. Um, it's an incredible mix of history, an incredible mix of uh, like culture. You kind of get that hipster scene. There's a, a neighborhood called Getsemani. There are murals everywhere. Like, you see murals in Logan Square on buildings. Like, you know the famous Robin Williams one? Yeah. A lot of them down there. It puts Logan Square to shame. The murals are beautiful. The people are beautiful. Like, you're walking down streets, and you're looking into people's, like, homes, and they're cooking dinner, and people are out, like, just sitting on the sidewalks. It just felt incredible. Like, it felt, it felt alive, and I had not witnessed that in so long because of what's going on in what's going on here mm -hmm. um it's the the vibe here is just it's it's sad it's a 360 yeah it's dead and um it's to see columbia like to see people on the beach people having a great time uh their numbers are so low they were you know everyone's wearing masks in public which is different here it's like you wear you don't have to wear a mask in public per se but it was like kind of common to see people wearing masks. So as soon as we got there and we evaluated it, we were like, okay, well, when in Rome, do do, do as the Romans. Mm -hmm. You wear your mask. Everyone felt safe. Every restaurant was open. The restaurants are incredible. The food is incredible. The people are kind. I mean, it's just, I highly recommend it. I mean, just for like a, 
uh, and, and also just like a trip that didn't break the bank. Like it's very like eating out for five people eating out with like drinks, cocktails, everything is like a hundred bucks. Wow. It was outstanding. So we, there was never a moment where we were like, yeah, let's, you're hungry. Let's go. Let's, mm-hmm. let's grab some, like, let's try out this new restaurant. Let's, this restaurant looks good. Let's stop in here for a drink. The, I mean, a beer out is like three, what the equivalent of like two fifty to like $4 wow. for a, for like a nice Colombian beer. So, mm-hmm. I mean, like over, overall, there, there was no faults with the trip and I will be going back again. I have a Colombian friend who said the next time you're going to Cali with me, you're going uh, to Medellin. She's from she's from Cali, and she said you when you need to experience all of Colombia. And I'm excited. I'm well, looking forward to it. Shay, if you got room for one more, hey man, are you kidding me? I'm always looking for a travel buddy. I'm always asking people. I, I told uh, I, I told people recently. I'm sure I told you. I'm looking at um, Accra, Ghana, to go to uh, to go to Africa. First time. I found um, I found some badass tickets to get to Accra and people are unfamiliar with like country like people think of Africa as a whole um I've been fortunate to get to Morocco that's the only place I've been to in Africa but I want to get into Central Africa mm-hmm. and I want to get there so um I'm always looking for a travel buddy man so um you, it's it's you funny know. that you say that because me and um and, and a couple buddies from my group there's a few for sure that are are always down to do something. And um, l- l- listen, I don't like to criticize people. I just don't. So I'm not, I'm not going to. <laughs> I, I don't point out the individual. But sure. what, I'm, what I'm trying to say is, is that, you know, um, we say we're down for something, right? And then when it comes to planning the trip, we don't go into the exact dates until everyone agrees for the dates, of course. Like, sure. y- you know, when you try to set up your travel plans. But then... The problem is, is that, you know, um, myself, I'm very impatient sure. because when that, when someone tells me we're going to go somewhere different, I'm, I'm like a fucking baby. I'm, I'm, I'm screaming, I'm yelling, I'm fucking excited. I'm like a little child. I, oh, I, sure. Like I want to fucking do it. So then, then when I hear, you know, Hey, like, like then, you know, let's not, let's not do it in this month. Let's do it in this month or, you know, vice versa. To me, it's just like there's little set roadblocks that keep happening. And then I tell myself, you know what? Like, I can't uh, – at some point, I'm going to go fucking nuts. It's, it's, it's been too long. It's been – oh, I mean, don't worry. Even during, you know, COVID, you know, last year, I, I, I you know, still was able to do some traveling. Sure. But, yeah. but not as much as, as I wanted to. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm grateful for it. Yeah. But I'm always – I always have that itch. And when that itch all of a sudden gets gets scratched, and and that itch doesn't you don't feel that itch, then it it, it pisses me off. So that's why you know when you're saying you're looking for a travel buddy, it's like I'm I'm all for it. And you know I um I was telling you earlier that I'm thinking about getting a GoPro. And yeah. I was talking to um one of my good friends. Her name is Jessica. She she was the one that actually uh, filmed um the video for me for the show. Sure. And, um, great job. And she, uh, the video looked crisp. Yeah. It's nice. She, she's got some good shit. Yeah. Really good shit. Um, and she was, I asked her, I was like, what are your thoughts on the GoPro? And she gave me a whole fucking chapter to, you know, why I should get it. Right. And I, and I said, I said, you know what? Like I'm looking for, you know, and I told her after she sent me, I said, my main reason why I want to get it is because 
you know, when I travel, I want to make sure I have something to look back at, you know, yeah. like my phone, these Apple phones, it's, it's too much when, when it comes to fucking storage and then paying extra for storage. And then all of a sudden when I'm looking for the photo, it's like not there. And it's just a pain in the ass. Know, and, yeah. and with this package that Dan, we'll talk to with, um, with my, uh, with my mom tomorrow. Cause, uh, cause, cause you know, cause I, I want to cause it's, it's not that I'm looking for approval, but I want to see like what she thinks too. Sure. I mean, either way, I'm going to get it, no matter what. But with this GoPro, you, you place a value on what on your mom's opinion. That's your. It makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I I like I I I like what she has to say. Sure. You know, of course. Um, but uh, with this package, it comes with a with a year of GoPro s- subscription. Okay. So you get discounts on products and you get unlimited storage. Sure. I mean, t- uh, that's a no brainer. Sure. You know. Yeah. So I, I, to to kind of wrap up the whole thing, it's like, you know, if I, I'm in, I'm in, I got, I told, I, I told my buddy at the gym, I said, listen, your birthday's coming up. We got to figure something out. They want to do a cabin. The cabin hasn't been set up yet. And then now they're going to, to their backup plan. You see what I'm saying? Things aren't executed. And I told sure. him, I'm like, listen, if you want to make this a two man trip, I don't give a fuck. I'll do it. Sure. I'm like the point, like when I did my self trip, you know, let, uh, like two years ago, remember when I went to New York, Boston, DC? Absolutely, man. Yeah. So that looked like a fucking hell of a trip, by the way. It was. A I hell know of you told, and I just couldn't make it happen. You know that summer, but that looked amazing. It was a hell of a trip, and the worst part about that trip was that it was also I was in distress because, okay, yeah. you know, with the previous relationship that I had. Sure. So that's why when I told him, I was like, "Listen, I don't care if it's a two-man trip." I'm like. We'll just go out there. Like people are afraid to do things. They get uncomfortable. And then when they get uncomfortable, they, they go into a shell and then they, they say, fuck it. I don't want to do it. Sure. And that's what drives me nuts. Yeah. I, there's a lot of different reasons. I think I've tried to set stuff up. It's, um, I think people like the idea of travel more than actually doing it. Again, it's kind of like what we talked about earlier. Like people see that maybe their friends are traveling on you know, on Instagram or whatever. And they think, Oh, I, I want to do that too. Like I'm, I'm missing out on that. So I'll, I'll go do that. Um, I, I just like traveling because I love, I, I love seeing something new and I love experiencing you know, new people, new culture, the whole idea. And that's not, a, that's not, it can be America too. It can be traveling to a different state. It's, yeah. it's everywhere. It's just somewhere different. Um, you just got to want to. Exactly. And, and yeah. you're taking the value of life to a different level. That's, that's what I think the definition of travel is, is you're taking your life to a different level to where people aren't able to reach at because they either don't want to take that opportunity or if they, if, or, or, or they just somehow aren't able to be situated to take that opportunity. The pe- the people who, who get to travel, it's it's a blessing in disguise because you when you travel you know to a different place no matter if it's a new restaurant that's like you know five minutes away from you or sure. if it's to a different state you know something can happen within that moment to where it could change your life and that's what I'm still somewhat looking for sure. you know um, you no, know, right now I'm grateful for the job that I have and whatnot. I've I've had had some doubts to be honest with you because, sure. you know, sometimes when when you get too much re- rejection or you or you feel like that you're not you know always there, then you know obviously the psychological effect about it could could go a different way. Hell yeah, absolutely but, sure. You know, but sometimes in order to to get rid of that feeling and to actually really feel good about yourself, it's it's a change of scenery is what you need. 
it's that's what it is. Like people have been locked up in their houses for fucking months. Yeah. It's almost been a full year to be honest with you, if you, if you really think about it. And that's for people who actually have stayed home. You know, exactly. I think this time last year, this is when collectively, like the media had the media at this point last year had reported on COVID. It was like the end of February, but we were all like, oh, it's a weird thing out in China. And you got kind of rumblings like, oh, no, this is serious. And people were like, mm, nah, I think it was only until it was really only until the, well, like the first week of March, because I remember this was vividly because it lined up with you know Election Day. And everything. Yeah, it was uh, March 15th. That's when they that's when they shut down everything. I think it was. What was it? March 15th? It, it was because I'll tell you, I was working. I covered a shift on Sunday at True Lux. No, Saturday. Okay. I was supposed to go on a date on Sunday. Ah. And uh, and and she couldn't make it. So I said, so I said, okay, well, you know, they're gonna shut down. We'll wait after two weeks, and and we'll go again. Yikes! That's the longest rain check in history. Yeah, we'll wait after two weeks. Uh, now, just kidding. It'll be eleven months. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. Oh yeah. What, what, what's crazy is that I I still haven't been able to cash that in. There's there's an expiration on that coupon she gave me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, that's awesome. Yeah, you you ever see the uh, the uh, Goldbergs? Have you ever heard that show? No, I've never watched. I've heard of it. I've never watched. It's on ABC. It's a very funny show. Uh, Basically, for Mother's Day, um, so Beverly is is the mom, and then you got Barry and uh, Erica as the son and daughter. Okay. All right. They. For for about thirteen years of Mother's Days, they they gave her coupons, right, saying free hogs or oh, that, what, whatever that like stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then after that, the, the thing is, they never wrote an expiration date. So one day, the mom pulled open the drawer, full of fucking coupons of sure, years sure. worth of shit. She goes, "I'm cashing them all in today." Isn't that such a fucking like sitcom thing to do? Yeah, like, that would never like that. But, that type of like humor is like. R- Reserved for sitcoms. People like, are fucking crazy, though. Pulling open a, a drawer, like that comic image. I'm going to cash in all these Mother's Day coupons But today. think about it, though, right? Some people actually fucking do that. Oh, my God. I remember doing that in... It, that was like a little project that we had to do, what, fourth grade. You make your mom like a little... The coupon flip book and everything, like mm-hmm. in art class. Just bring that up. I mean, I don't... It's so... See, as a, as a kid... um you would always go shopping with your mom. Yeah. I mean, I know I did. Sure. It was, it sucked ass. The, the only time when I, the only time I actually enjoyed going shopping was for groceries. Cause, cause I, cause I get to pick up the foods that way. Cause you be getting the food. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But, then, but after that, when she wanted to go shopping for her clothes, I was fucking miserable. It's a payoff. That's, that's how, that's, we learned at a young age what like, you know, negotiations and compromise was. I remember you'd, you'd be like walking around at your mom, like, can we leave? Can we leave? Can yeah. we leave? Can we go get something? Like you promised me to go get something after this. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. After I'm done, like sitting in TJ Maxx for like fucking half an hour. No, <laughs> not even like like three hours. Oh well, that's different. Okay, <laughs> I, my heart goes out to young Frank Lombardo. <laughs> yeah. Now, now, now I know. Every time I go, I, I go shopping with uh, with girls, sometimes I go, I, I go, hey, listen, you got an hour. After that, we're getting the fuck out of here. Oh yeah. I, and she I, looks at me. She goes, and and, and the, I mean, listen. How about just not going in general with them? Oh, that's all. They, I just, they look at me. They look at me. And they go, okay, that, that, I don't want to do this, 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 and that. Ah, you, okay. you, just how you said, comp, you right. know, compromising and negotiation. 
fucking man, they're crazy, man. That's a, that's a net negative right there. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 the return on investment is not worth it. I don't know. No, you know? no, yeah, I, I actually, it, it could be. It depends. Depends on situation, you know. Um, tell me what you got. I'm gonna crack these open. Okay, so this is, and I, I kid you not, I was looking up like the best stogies that you could possibly get. Um, this is a Macanudo Inspirado. Okay. Okay. Now, I know that you're supposed to know like the wrapper, and you're supposed to know like like the filling, the actual tobacco, where it's from, and all that stuff. I got to be honest with you. This had a, a big sticker that said top three Benny's pick. So that's why I bought it. Okay. I got to be completely honest. I was like, I'm going to. I, I fuck was like, with that. It identifies. And, and here's the thing. Benny's is not like a. Like, I, I trust Benny's. Like, I've gotten stuff before that, mm-hmm. like, they're top whatever. Um, they do barrel picks, like, for bourbon and everything. They've been pretty good before. So this is a um, Macanudo Inspirado. I wonder. I wonder who lost the bet that, that they had to name a liquor store named Benny's. I, it's, <laughs> on face value, it's an unfortunate name, but then you say it so often, and it's like a brand. You just don't think anything of it. Benny just. It's. I mean, I don't know if, if that's a like a real gentleman's name, and 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 to no offense to people who are if named Benny's, but <laughs> man, I mean, but that's the thing. Like, it's Benny's with an apostrophe. Yes, so that means someone's name is Benny. Yeah, like like to me, John Benny. Benny. Or or Benny Johnson. Hi, well, I'm Benny Johnson. Well, see, here's the thing. If Benny's a last name, that I completely understand. But if it was a first name, it sounds like a wimp. Why don't you go ahead and pass me the other one? No, this is yours, man. Oh, this is mine. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Let me take a whiff of this. I'm going to be honest with you. You want what this smells like? <laughs> go ahead, Frank. You're going to tell me. When you go to the zoo. Oh, man. And you, and you go past the monkeys. All, all the shit that's on the ground. <laughs> so it smells like ape shit. You could, you could have just said it smells like ape shit. Ever, I don't know what ape shit smells like, Frank, but I'll trust you on that one. What, you tell me you've never been to a zoo? No, I've been to a zoo. I just can't remember specifically what the ape shit smells like. It's all the same to me. Oh, there, it just smells like shit. There's... um. There are certain parts of the zoo that you never want want, want to walk past. Okay. You never want you never want to go towards um like the well listen I love penguins but you uh you don't want to go past anywhere that's that's near water because it just smells like bleach and piss. I don't and a mixture of shit. Okay. That's one. I don't know if this smells like ape shit by the way. To to me you're, that's you're, the first thing I'm getting. I don't really? know. I mean don't get me wrong. I mean I guarantee you it's a good cigar. I mean, to be honest don't with you, guarantee this, that. we don't know. I, I, I guarantee, I, but I, I will tell you one thing though. I'm gonna be smoking shit. <laughs> be smoking something. I'm gonna be smoking shit. Think about this. This is the type of thing that came out of your ass. The cigars look look like a log. <laughs> I'm gonna cut this thing. You gotta cut it. <laughs> <laughs> look at that. See, you cut a big chunk off it. You gotta um, take a little bit, right? I fucked up. No, I don't know. It's I guess it's your preference because if you like to, if you like to have it I mean, open. I fucked up, but I mean, look, look this, this is a nice cutter. This looks good, bro. I got I know, dude. I actually fucked up. Oh, that's okay. Oh wow, I really did fuck up. No, I don't think so. I think I kind of did, but that's okay. You just gotta. All you gotta do is, man. What is that? What, <laughs> no, but what I mean is like, what what are you missing? You know what that? this is? 
What, when you push so hard on the toilet, it comes gotta, out as a you pebble. Gotta stop. <laughs> you gotta stop. Man, come dude, on, you, Frank. You ever get, dude? I'm telling you, you ever get that feeling when you're really trying to fucking like yank that shit out, and all of a sudden you just see a little pebble rock, and you just look at yourself, and you're like, "Wow, I can't fucking believe." Oh, here, here, um, and you're just like, "Wow." Notice I can't. how I'm trying to change the subject by lighting these things as quickly as yeah, you, possible. You, you, you go ahead, go ahead. But, but no, but is it? Oh, you got okay. You, you had to adjust it. That's why. Now, do you do you heat it up before you do it? Uh, I just go straight in. Yeah, heat. Yeah, I just go straight in at this bit. point. Um, but this yeah, is nice dude. as fuck. Where'd you get this? I got it at uh, Rocky Patel's. Oh, that's right. The little, the little cigar place over there. They got some good shit. But I will, I will tell you though, I think they're overpriced. It's a store that only does cigars. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So probably they charge a premium for some of the stuff they Bro, have. Bro, I think I got two cigars, that cutter, that lighter fluid. You got like, yeah, you got to get the whole thing. You only got a side. Um, I, I think. Uh, I think with two cigars, no, it was four cigars. Your two cigars or four cigars? No, two cigars, a cutter, a lighter. I think it was, I think it was like maybe 65, 66 bucks. It's expensive as fuck, man. But then again, the average cigar is like, what, 15 bucks? Right? Yeah, nicer ones. Nicer, nicer ones, ones are, yeah. Cause, I got uh, a birthday present for my boy, Evan. He bought me like a dozen beautiful Maduro V cigars. Like, twelve bucks a piece. Oh I was wow, like, my boy! Damn, look good. I believe it. See, the, um, the first time I got introduced to a, to a cigar, I'm gonna be honest with you, I, I thought cigars was was kind of like you know how you smoke fucking you know weed and shit. So that's what I thought it was. So oh, you you brought it down. You inhaled. I inhaled it. it. Oh shit. Well, see the, the, the and, and things. It's like everyone's gonna be like, wow, well, what a dumb fuck. It, yeah, hold on. I'll you got the. Are you taking? No, hold on. I did, man. I've been. Yes. Hold on. Here we go. I think it's good now. Oh yeah, mine's fucking lighting. Oh yeah, yours is good. You're good. Here, you. Here, you. Oh, I was gonna say, give me that match, but <coughs> I want to save the fucking gas on this thing. That's okay. Not is bad, man. No, it's I've had a couple stogies in my day. This is this is good. It's better than shit. It is better than <laughs> shit. It is. And you know Frank Lombardo, everyone. He's just well acquainted with it. <laughs> Smelling it, judging it, tasting it. <laughs> Ju judging it is probably the best word you could say. <laughs> no, there, Jesus, bro. Christ. There's I'm, I'm telling you, there's times where, like, I shit like five times a day. Okay. I don't know if you may need to see a doctor for that. No, I'm just joking. I think it the other way around is bad. I don't think it's no, if I'll, you're going for like if, if you're going like five days without doing it, mm -hmm, for sure. That's not good. Well I, after after surgery after yeah, oh I'm uh, about to ash my cigar and my bourbon. Gotta be careful here. Yeah, you got yeah, you got, you got red solo it. cups on this table. You gotta take it Oh, here we go. This is the fucking ashtray. I fucked up. Um Oh, no, this is also my bourbon cup. Where the fuck is the other one? Oh, it's right here. There we go. Yeah, there we go. Um, yeah, so I, after I, I had surgery, you, you know, I, I, um, you know that I, I had a pyonidal cyst, right? Yeah, man. So, I mean, we were all like, like you made jest of it. You were laughing, but that was some serious shit. 
No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Dude. <laughs> Everyone I'm, is now I'm, like... I'm, uh, <laughs> okay. Dude, I know what that is now. I, I, I'm telling you, I... Um, yeah, hey, by the way, let me get that after. Um, I just got to get all sides. It's, when I... Um, thank you. Oh, shit. Give me, give me, give me, give me. Give me. Oh, wow. Of course I fucking blew it out. Um, when I was going to the hospital that day, not for surgery, the, the, the first time I, I, I started uh, feeling pain, it was a uh, abscess. And, you know, and... Uh, bro, I blew it out again. Actually, no, that's good. So, when... When I was at the hospital, um, I literally went to the emergency room because it was a throbbing bubble. That's that's the best way I could put it. It was a throbbing bubble. And and after that I had to lay down on my on my stomach. I was watching G- Game of Thrones. I, I, I couldn't I, I couldn't I didn't want to see what was going on. And, and and you know what? And I'm just gonna give a like a quick detail. They had to pop it and just get all the fluid out. Like drain it and stuff. Yeah. Right. Yep. And then, then it became like a little pecker like that. Literally like that. And then then I waited a month because I went to go see someone. And they said, they said, well, we pretty much got all of it out, but it's, it's still in there. So you, you have a choice. You can get rid of it or you can keep it. And if it grows back, then you're fucked. Right. So you know me. I'm, I'm, I'm not taking that type of health risk. So I said, we're cutting that shit out. Take care of it right now. I don't want to deal with this again. That makes sense. And, and honestly, I, when you told me how long I was going to be out, you told me like, you know, two months, three months. I thought that was the end, bro. Because that was summertime. Prime time summer. Graduated shit in May. What, that's it? You're done? No, I'm, I'm, I got to relight it. It's not, um, it's not doing it properly. Graduate, graduate in fucking May. Two weeks later, I'm getting surgery, and that's how I'm gonna fucking start start off. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, well, it was it it was miserable. And then after that, in July, when uh, when uh, when things were kind of like back to normal, you know, I was you know I was cleaning myself three times a day. They told oh, there's a little hole. Did I burn a fucking hole in it? It, it happens. You got a little water right there too. Here, I'm just making a mess. I'm sorry. Uh, it, don't worry about it. Um, in July, oh, in July, when, um, when things were kind of like back to normal, I, uh, I was still kind of weighing it out. They told me I had to clean it twice a day, once in the morning, once at night, I clean it three times a day. Cause you know what? I want, I, w- I want to speed up the process as much as I can. But it was painful though, dude. And you, and, and, and what's crazy is that they say it's common for people who either push too hard or if they're a power lifter. And I looked, I, and I looked at the doctor. I said, look at me. You're looking at a guy who is not even six feet tall. And you're telling me you think I look like a power lifter? My gut was hanging over my dick. And, he, and he's telling me that, that, that I'm a power lifter. And he says, he says, that could be a possibility. He goes, but it's very common. You're, it's sidetracking. 
But, um, so, you know, I looked at him, I'm just like, I'm just like, dude, that, that, that ain't me. I don't live, I don't live with weights like that. It didn't make any sense. Oh, right. So he's like, yeah, well, Hey, you got, you got to take the whole thing. Yeah. Remember there's a hole. I am. You're good. Just ignore me, Frank. I am so sorry. <laughs> Just ignore me. But either way, it's like there was a hole, and you, you know, I, I, I forgot where I was going. Now you lost my train of thought. See, either way, I know you. E- either just w- ignore me. Either way, all, all I'm saying is that it sucked ass, and I never wish upon that. No pun intended. It sucked ass, <laughs> and I wish upon it to, to nobody. Not even on my worst enemy, bro. And things. It's like when, you know, I, I, I think I told you it's like. There's only a small fracture of people you could say I hate, and hate, and when I and I remember it's a strong I, word. It's a it is a strong word. I was I was you know I was talking to my uncle a couple uh, you know months ago, and he said he said you you know you really don't hate anybody because when you think about the word hate, it's a grudge, and then when you hold grudges, you it, it gets you nowhere. So when to say that you hate someone, it's he said it's preposterous. Right. You know, the only person you should really hate is the person that has continuously fucked you. And he says if you know if a person fucks you once or twice, and then you never see him again, you don't. I mean, you hate them for that moment, but at the end, you just dislike them. Yeah. But but if if they're always a continuous you know, negative aspect of your life and you allow it to happen, then that's your fault. And I, and I said, I said, you make a good point. It is. It's so, good advice. I, I'm not an expert. I feel like, um, it's not worth your time. It's not worth your time to hate. I mean, you, you resentment maybe towards people. Um, I, I certainly have. Um, but it's, if if you can channel that, if you can channel any energy you think that you're going to spend hating a person, you're good, man. I don't think you need anything. Yours is perfect. Go ahead and finish what you were saying. If you can channel that energy into self-improvement, into taking care of yourself. I know it sounds so cliche, but if you go read a book or learn something new, whatever energy you want to like spend hating someone, just don't. It doesn't matter. It's not worth it. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. I was very close-minded back then. You know, and and I think the reason why I was close-minded was because of the people that I hung I hung around with. Okay. And you know, and and I just kind of took it as what it was. It, it, especially now today too, I feel like night. You know, there's a lot of people who are close-minded, and 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 they're close-minded on on different subjects. But the number one subject that really that that I believe that people are really close-minded on is politics. I agree. They're. There, there, there is no way out of it. You, you, you can't change someone for who, for who they are and for what they believe in. But, which is, I get that part. But the one thing that I don't like is that they're not willing to hear out other options that could create a compromise to both parties. Yeah, man, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, I don't think it's a, a surprise. You know that I've worked in politics. I currently work in politics. Um, local politics is easier, a little bit. Local politics is a little easier because um, people may have their opinion on national politics, but they'll they'll vote for a local person based on 
I don't want to get too insider baseball here. I don't want to get into the nitty gritty. Mm-hmm. But um, for example, there's you live in Norwich. Yep. The northwest side in general, the northwest side of Chicago, is interesting because you'll have people that may not like who's on the top of the ticket. So they, they let's say they vote for Biden or let's say they vote for Trump. That same person may vote for the opposite party lower down because they like that person's personality, because they've met that particular person, because they have they have name recognition. It's interesting because it just goes to show that um, if we apply that same logic to all politics, if we say, hey, you know, maybe that person has redeemable qualities. Maybe I disagree with them on this, but I'll, like you said, I'll still compromise with someone. Um, I'll still sit down at the table and say, hey, why are, I know that you like Trump or you like Biden or you know you like this person. Um, I don't, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna call you a I'm not gonna call you a socialist. I'm not gonna call you a fucking idiot. I'm not gonna call you a a racist. Let's just talk. Why? Because um, a lot of people when you talk to them, they're not they're not radical people. Everyone is kind of moderate. If like it, in 1992, we voted for like Bill Clinton. Mm-hmm. We then voted for George Bush. If you look at these politics now. Their politics are closer to the center than anything else. They're not ultra-right. They're not ultra-left. It just goes to show that this country throughout history has has always veered towards the middle of the road and veered towards compromise. It's scary now, though, because we're getting pulled to the, to the left and the right. People are being pulled away from the middle, and it's like, just join one side. And this election has, has shown there has been a lot more votes than I've ever seen in the history of America. And the thing is too, is that, <clears throat> you know, when I was listening on Joe Rogan, he, they made some good points. Some people who voted for Biden, they didn't really vote because of him. They hated fucking Trump. They hated Trump, yeah. You know? And yeah, it's just... It's, it's, same thing in 2016. A lot of people didn't vote for Trump. They voted against Hillary because they did not like her. Exactly. And that's what, because basically we, and I don't, I don't have another alternative i'm not sitting here saying the presidency is horrible but it basically boils down to a popularity contest and that's what it was that's what it was for this election and the past election and that's that's not how 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 you should how how a country should be decided how it's ran like we're talking about someone who controls every little aspect of how to make this country better yeah well they 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 certainly have a big impact you know and and the thing is too is that the president signs the orders, but at the end of the day, it's behind the scenes. They're the ones that re- yeah. that really do everything. It's a, that's a good point. It's and and the thing is, is that the problem that that I have is that yeah, yeah, you could pick someone to lead your country, but at the same time, it's like you know the people in Congress and the House of Representatives, they're really the ones who kind of dictate you know what's going on. You, you know some some. Some represent, you know, some representatives and senators have more stake than others, and and have more control. And you know, when when, when there's ties into each of those to impact, you know, their way of making money and you know screwing everybody else out. It's like, and and especially if you're the president, you kind of don't have a choice to make, and you have to do exactly what happens. I mean, you you know, the president is the face of the country, so that's who you have to blame. And that's and and I think that's that's the problem. It's yeah, it's wrong. People shouldn't do that. Exactly. I'll take it a step further. You said that people like members of members of Congress kind of stand in the way. You know, um, they also have a lot of power, and they do, and rightfully so. Each one of those people represents 
a each congressman represents um, anywhere from I mean there's some states that have at large congressmen Wyoming has one congressperson people don't realize that Vermont has one congressperson mm -hmm. New Hampshire has two like Illinois for example has uh, eight, 18 they have 18, 18 yeah because and they have 20 electoral votes for <clears> their <throat> two senators um, but there's some congressmen that represent up to 800,000 people I think it's 800,000 a lot of them in Chicago represent three-quarters of a million like Mike Quigley is our congressman he represents about 750,000 people the thing is however though just real quick let me say this go ahead people think that it's not just the Congress who are the people that are actually okay they pass a law there's not some magic force that makes everybody abide by the law we have the Department of Justice mm -hmm. we have police departments we have the EPA for example Environmental Protection Agency so if they pass environmental law the EPA is charged with making sure that law is followed yeah. So the EPA has people on the ground. They inspect oil sites. They inspect gas stations. They inspect everything from the EPA sets out standards to your petroleum tank that you put uh, on, your, on your grill. People don't realize that. The president doesn't do that. Does he, and here's the scary thing. You think the president is sitting down writing law? Do you think the Congress people are sitting writing laws? No. It's they're legislative directors. They're aides that write the laws. Those people <coughs> are, they're, they're brought on and they're hired, but also who influences them? Lobbyists. Lobbyists, and you know, corporations literally owe you ash to a little bit. Shit, if, uh, go, go ahead. The, 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 the actual Congress people themselves they're not sitting writing laws is basically the, the ultimate thing. It is the, the actual departments and what is colloquially known as the bureaucracy. So, for example, and this is, I mean, whenever you, if you, if anyone is under the impression that, you know, like Joe Biden is going, when he gets elected that first day, he's just going to change everything. He made next to no impact on his first day because he signed like 15 executive orders. Those executive orders are are in force until someone removes them so when the next president comes they can get rid of all of them here's another thing you sign an executive order again it's not a magic wand you have to rely on the departments that are actually making it happen so like here's another thing we have a lot of laws in this country like um the the ada laws american with disabilities act mm -hmm. there is no department in the federal government that actually enforces it so, for example, and I did this in, in, in school at Paul. It's crazy. There's a guy in California that literally goes around restaurants. He literally files lawsuits against random businesses and restaurants if they're not ADA compliant. There's no department in the federal government that sets out standards for ADA bathrooms, ADA accessibility. They don't. So this guy literally just, his whole business, he doesn't work. His whole business is he goes around filing lawsuits and settling with businesses in federal court because they're, they're not ADA compliant. Fucking horrible. It's, it's, you're looking at, you're, you're a fucking horrible human being for doing that to small businesses and for businesses in general. But here's the thing, the federal government fucked up. We don't even have anybody that's enforcing those laws. Now that's very insider baseball. It's very like nitty gritty an example, but it, 
it just goes to show like there, there's so many moving parts in government. People need to educate themselves on, at the bare minimum, know who your local people are because they have the biggest impact on your life. People need to stop thinking, oh, tr at least Trump's out of the White House. Like life is going to be better. What? No. Your, your, your local rep is probably still the same. You probably don't even know the name of your local rep, your alderman, your, your village you know, board, mm -hmm. trustees, things like that. And you got to inform yourselves of those because they're the people that will have the most impact. They're the most people that will have the impact on your life. They're the people that are voting on stuff that when they appoint agency heads and they impact hiring, they're the people that they never get voted out. They're always there and they're, they're facilitating the laws. They're making sure it gets done. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's highly intricate. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you something. You know, as you're explaining this, the average person won't listen to a goddamn word you're saying. Yeah. And no. That, I, and, and and that's and I don't blame them. You, you know. I don't blame them. It's tough to kind of. They say that that that's above my pay grade. And, and it that's and it is, and it is and they shouldn't feel bad about it. Like I I I know that because I I studied you know my my degree is in political science and you know I'm in politics so it, it serves me to kind of have a, a grasp on that and it's not because I. It's just because I'm interested in it. Yeah. You know, um, but it's at the very minimum, just like know who your local reps are, know who your local people are, because believe it or not, they will always have a bigger impact on your life than the federal people will. And I don't know if this, you know, I changed the kind of topic of where we're going. Well, but. the thing is, is that there's, even though the, you know, when people watch the news, you know, there is, you know, political topics mentioned every single day, right? You know, and, and, and I think that's where somewhat people do get their education from it. I could be wrong. They do. I, I personally don't watch news anymore because it's depressing and it's, and it's all opinionated into something that I don't find worth my time. Yeah, you're right. You know, yeah. um, but for people like yourself, right? And this is just a general statement. You're educating you're teaching people like this is the way how our how our countries ran this is how municipalities get established this is how things work yeah right and people look at are only looking at the big picture of things they don't look at the small things like how you are how you're detailing every single aspect of it right so the problem with that is that when people are asked to do something, of course they want to be incentivized, but they don't see that incentive, like that incentive to benefit themselves like this. They want something like this all the time. People are very impatient like well, myself. We, we want instant results. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, and that's the thing. The average person doesn't get that. They don't, they don't get that. You, you, you have to wait for things to, to come up in the works. It's, it's like, it's, it's, to me, it's like construction. You can't build a fucking building in a day. It takes months. It takes time. You have to make sure that every measurement is correct. You got the right screws. You got the right equipment. You, you got to have the right people to know what the fuck they're doing. Absolutely right. It's the same thing with this. If you have the right establishment and you have the right idea of how to construct a good figure of how a country is ran 
and then you have the people that actually have a good understanding to support it and then to actually do something, you know, the little things, right, that make up the big things, they do something little to contribute, then that's how, as a country, it moves. Yeah. To me, you know, and, and, and we talked about this, you know, over, over the phone, too, is that, you know, there is different types of people that have beliefs. There's capitalists, socialists, I don't know the rest. Those are, you know. Well, they're, they're the big two. Those, those, exactly. And the thing is, is that people are very one-sided on those, on those things. But if you have, think about this, right? When you're running a business, there is, there's always going to be a positive and negative aspect. Like in, like in the book that I'm reading, well, I am reading, it's called, uh, you know, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. When, nice. you, when you create your mastermind group, yeah. everyone has a specialty at something. You know, when they say the Biden or the Trump or whatever the administration, you know, those people are an expert and all those things, right? Sure. But the pe- the reason how they became an expert in those things is, you know, just like how the ladder falls down. This person is an expert at this. So they get all their, you know, information on that, you know, and so on. But if you plug in the wrong piece of the puzzle, then at the end to what it is now, it's all fucking greed. And 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 to me, it's like even though things are getting done, they're getting done in a poor way. I don't know how I would, you know, handle it personally. Sure. But, you know, if, if I, the, the only way that I could, I would say I would handle a certain situation, like, like, for example, COVID, right, is um, if in January we found this shit out. Sure. Right. That gives us a month and a half to fig, to kind of figure out what to do. Sure. Right. Because think about, it, you know, China is a is, is is a big country, and if something outbreaks, you know, people obviously the way how people are is you have to see it to believe it. So what if it happens to one person, right? Are they like does the the, the rest of the other people, even though it happens to one person, are they gonna say, oh, it, like it's not gonna happen to me? Because that's exactly how it was, and that's why we got fucked. So what I'm trying to say is that. If we found, if we knew about this in January, we should have instantly, right away, somewhat have came up with, with with a plan, like an emergency fund in a sense. Sure. You always have to have a doomsday type of plan, no matter what the fuck happens. Mm, they right. tell you this all the time. Your parents tell you this. We we tell each other this. Our schools don't really tell us this, but you know, in general, you always have to have a plan when something gets fucked up. Sure. So if we know that something is fucked up in a country. With millions of people in it, there should have been a way to not necessarily prepare, but to take action. And because we be, and because I think that we didn't take action, that's why we got fucked. If we would have took action and did a complete shutdown, you know, for for the for actual for the actual two weeks, right? We would have, and and, and maybe I'm looking at this wrong. We we, we could have, you know. Um, had this thing under control. Is yeah, yeah, and and exposure would have been not really um, as impactful as it is now. But me, because I have that conspiracy mind theory, I think it was a setup. But and and the reason why how I, and you know 
My only point, and, and this is the only point that I'm going to bring up to why I think it was a setup. Because okay. there's too many fucking people. There's too many people. And, 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 a, and a one small example of why I think that there's too many people is this. In Chicago, the traffic is unfucking bearable. Sure. Bearable. L.A., terrible. Yeah. New York, you can't even get across a fucking street for three hours. Three hours to get, it's pretty, it's pretty bad. To get across the street. That's just a small example. You want, hey, if you could point one, I was going to say, man. Um, three hours just to get across one street. You, you're better off walking. You're better off walking across, uh, you know, a block than wait three hours and pay someone twenty to sixty dollars just to get to one one side to the other. So I think, and, and now obviously, you know, we we take situations. We have to. It, it's it, it takes a long time to kind of angle and figure it out. But sorry, but that's just. That's just one way how, how I see it. There's a lot of people and they and, and maybe there was a way to dehuman you know humanize the population to where you know we, we had to keep it in control. I'm not saying that it's it's right, but I'm also not saying it's wrong. But well, what is your so hold on, let me let me clear this and just for my purposes. Yeah. Are you saying that um are are you saying that this is kind of I guess I want to know where you're going with this. Are, are you saying that this was like your grand conspiracy is like this was like a population control thing or? I think so. You think so? Okay. I think so. Um, and look, I'm people. You got it. First off, you got to be skeptical of everything. Yeah. You got to have a healthy skepticism. There are um, powerful people, powerful people in our country, powerful people in our world that are business leaders that are what have you. Um, that have spoken about and have opined about the idea that our our world has too many people on it, and that we it's kind of this theory that it's in environmental science. It's called like a, a geographical region can reach carrying capacity, and basically carrying capacity means like is there an an, an adequate amount of resources um, for the people in a particular geographical area. And a lot of people have said that we only have one geographical, like our, our biggest geographical area is the earth. That is where humans are limited to. We're limited to earth as of right now. And if we reach carrying capacity, that means that we don't have enough food for people. We don't have enough resources for people, stuff like that. I, I have not kind of, <laughs> I have not thought about, um, I'm just talking on my ass, but no, I, I know, you know? I, but I've, I haven't thought about it as a, as you know, COVID is like this. It was created in a lab as a, as a population control thing. I, I do think this is what I, I know for absolute fact, and people really should just, they shouldn't think that this is like alternative thought. Like they shouldn't think that this is like a grand, um, it, it, it shouldn't be in the fringes of thoughts. China fucked up royally. This came out of a level one lab or a, like a, the highest lab that you can possibly get, a research lab. Whether this whether this disease was designed or not, and by the way, designing viruses and designing diseases are not, it's not crazy. People think that that's conspiracy. Diseases are designed all the time. They design them to fight them. They think, okay, well, they find an area, like they found the fish, the, the wet markets, and they thought, okay, well, this area is susceptible to diseases. SARS, uh, SARS-1, which was, you know, um, and it's what is it, MERVs or whatever, like Middle Eastern Respiratory Virus. That was in the early 2000s to the mid-2000s. 
that came out of a wet market. They trace that back to a wet market. So it's natural for infectious disease experts to want to recreate viruses in an effort to figure out how they work and how to fight them. Mm -hmm. The COVID vaccine didn't just, we didn't just develop it from scratch. People need to realize like we had that framework in place because SARS was a, was a coronavirus. Coronavirus is just a type. Mm-hmm. SARS was a COVID was a coronavirus. This is just this is novel coronavirus 2019. That's what they call it. It's novel coron like it's a new one, but it's it's a different strain. Why they did it, I don't know. I'd like to I'd like to be I'd like to give them the benefit of the doubt and say that this was just human error that it escaped the lab. If it didn't, if it was designed to get out, if it was designed to curb economic growth. The economy was growing at a massive rate. China, and I've been taught this in international politics, it's no secret. You would rather your opponent, your economic opponent's GDP and their growth to falter rather than yours go up. Mm-hmm. Because the, your opponent faltering is better than sustained growth. I know that sounds crazy, but that's how China and that's how the United States thinks. China's GDP... I think back in 2017, it was growing at like a rate of like 10% per annum. Ours is like our healthy economic growth is like two to 3% because we're a larger, you know, we're a larger service-based economy. You know, we're, we're a superpower in that regard. I will say this coronavirus benefited and I'm just speaking economically after everything it has, it has benefited China more than it's benefited us. For sure. Which makes you ask the question, was this designed to falter the United States' economic growth? It's a possibility. See, and that's the thing. I'm not saying, you know me. I, I talk, I think, I'm not saying like this, is, this isn't a fact. No. You know, it's just, it's just trying to understand things more. Because sure. not everything, like, you know, the shit that we hear, you know, from higher up, you know, now it makes sense. And, and, and the thing like, you know, especially like if, if you're questioned, you know, and you, and you say, well, how, how come they're saying this, but it doesn't make sense. Right. Like, like, you know, the, you know, and, and, I, and I just want to go into it like real quick, like, like restaurants, there was no evidence that restaurants. Oh, yeah. You got Oh, there we go. Um, like restaurant, there is no evidence that restaurants were the sole cause of this disease spreading no they did you, you, they did studies that said that the the transmission in restaurants between servers and patrons patrons and and other patrons patrons to to staff they found out that the mitigation levels were immensely low so the fact that you shut down an entire industry our industry we've been a part of that industry is bullshit i agree like the economic toll that that has caused is unreal. The amount of people that have been laid off, the amount of people that are still out of work, the amount of people that have left the service industry and may not have necessarily gone to a better industry. No. If they may have become DoorDash drivers. They may have become Grubhub drivers. Or nothing not, at all. Or nothing at all. They're, they're on unemployment, which is horrible. And that's that feeds into that. There's so many moving parts to this. Maliciously, was it? did someone intend this to happen? I can't say, no, you know, I, and that's, and that's, we can't, we can't, we, we don't know. And we don't have the resources to kind of do that investigating. But what I will say is this pandemic should not be 
attributed in blame to any one person. It can't be. No. Did people fuck up along the way? Of course. Yep. Do I give them the benefit of the doubt? We, of course, we, we've never seen anything like this in our in our lifetime. But we also don't have a choice. Yeah, you got to deal with you got to deal with with the hand that you're dealt. Mm-hmm. You know, no one was. Everyone thought 2020. I don't know. Like I was at a New Year's party, and it was like, "This is the new decade. This is it's going to be it's going to be great. Yeah, it's going to be awesome." Who would have thought? Who would have thought? And and that's like the thing. Like I 2020 was like this is it was a it was shaping up to be a great year. For me, at least, I can only speak for myself. But it's that kind of—it's a fresh year, you know. You're—you're you're in. No one expected this to happen. No. Again, like you said, and 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 expectations were constantly shifting. I remember restaurants. I remember one woman, one woman that I was working with, and um, you know, she called a, she called the government office I was working at, and she said, um, you know, I run this pub, and they were prepping for St. Pat for Patty's. It was an Irish pub. I have like a ridiculous amount. I have like over $1,200 worth of corned beef. I have like $5,000 worth of alcohol that was specially purchased because this is without, without mistake, our largest weekend. Like we make a killing on this weekend mm-hmm. on, on Patty's Day. They closed down like March. I remember like March 15, March 17. That was it. So Patty's Day was not even a thing. Like the actual, the rush was not there. People weren't, you know, unless you had your bar open. But people generally at that time were like, okay, two weeks will shut down. I remember people thinking, okay, like April will celebrate yeah. Patty's Day. Yeah. We'll celebrate it then. And then Cinco de Mayo came around. It's made for people who were like, oh, yeah, we'll just we'll delay that. You know, hopefully we'll be done by the summer. Like, can we? And then people thought, like, oh, maybe the end of summer. Maybe that's when it'll be done. And people thought, oh, definitely fall. But then people were like, no, fall is going to be worse because it's going to get cold. And it was. And it was. But it's it, so there's it's so difficult to make judgments. And I hear so many people saying, oh, just wear a mask. Just wear a mask. Oh, if, if you wear a mask, things will be better. Get out of here if you'll just wear a mask. First off, it's the same people that are wearing cloth masks mm-hmm. that have been proven to, sure, they'll mitigate a little bit, but it's the people that are wearing them. that You're not saving the world. No. Yes, if you stay home, if you stay away from people, that's fine. But here's the thing. Have we identified the mental fatigue that people are going through? Okay, so stay home because we're trying to fight coronavirus. But also, if you have severe depression and meeting with your friends and family helps you with that no 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 sorry can't all of the in in that initial time period when the pandemic began like when when screenings were were stopped cancer screenings people were going undiagnosed things like this like it's what an incredible we haven't even met now it's starting to come out i mean we have a year worth of data at this point but all of that social toll like or not the social toll but the real toll on people and people have said, and I'm sorry, I agree, the, the abatement, the, 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 the mitigations that we put in place cannot be worse than the virus itself. Exactly. And that's true. And I don't want anyone to come at me because everyone has broken this shit at some point. For everyone sure. has gone out. Everyone is, you know, everyone is, has lapsed on the social distancing. Don't hate yourself. At the end of the day, we're human beings. Now, am I going to concerts? No. Am I doing shit that I shouldn't be doing? It, Maybe. Look, look, here's the thing. You're telling me the people aren't relaxed right now? You're telling, like in March, people were scared. People were like, we don't, we don't know what this is. Mm-hmm. But now we've seen the data. We've seen the data. Yeah. It's not good to be out having concerts. I agree with that. It's not good. Like, again. Well, the thing is, it's, it's, it's caused by, you know, you and I are side to side. You know, it's, it, it, it's close 
closed spaces that are within a feet or two. That's what that that's what causes it because you know the the touch of bacteria is you know it could it could attach like this. That's that's what causes it. Being in a restaurant when you're a table away from somebody, no. When when you're in an, when you're quarantined at home, when you're close to your family, that's what that's a pro, that's a probable cause because sure. you're you're in contact with them face to face. You know, it's it's in close contact. See, and the thing is, it's like that. You know, people and people have said this all year. How come I can go to a grocery store when they could take three hundred people, but I can't go to a restaurant? And sit down and and have a meal that takes seventy five people. Exactly. It doesn't. And thing is, they put they poured out their their life savings. They poured out their hearts. They poured out every single thing that they can do to into you know, their abide. business in the first place. But then, like, and I'm sorry, you probably cut you off. You know, but then they invested thousands of dollars to comply. Plexiglass, all the masks. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna put big signs all over a restaurant. You can't use this table. You can't use this. In L.A., in Chicago, they uh, were building massive outdoor yeah. tents, heaters. These things don't, they don't come out of nowhere. Yeah. And, and by the way, I just want to say this. I challenge anyone. I've been to maybe two or three grocery stores that were really good about it. Like they were sanitizing like the keypad and everything. And they were wiping down the surfaces all the time. Like really, really like well done. But here's the thing. I've been to other places, especially around here. They don't care. They don't care. There's no there's no gloves. There's no nothing. Hell, if you go to some grocery stores, and you know the grocery store that I'm talking about over there. Oh, yeah. I don't want to mention names. I don't want to say anything. They're not even wearing masks. They're wearing these ridiculous little face shields yep. that go over their like their nose and their, and their mouth and nothing else. The whole face. It's ridiculous. That's not helping you from anything. No. So you're going to tell me like, oh, yeah, but it's, it's cool to target is good. All the big you're good. All those big corporations that are making ridiculous amounts of money from the get anywhere. But that goes back to what you were saying originally. Who who writes the legislation? Who who impacts those decisions? Small businesses, small restaurants don't have a big they don't have a big lobbying effort. They can't have a, a, a meeting with the governor and say, hey, no, no, we're not doing this. The thing Cause, is cause, cause we, because they don't have a ton of money behind them. Yeah. And the thing is like like you're saying, right? You know how you're saying about like, you know, grocery stores and like big corporations like that. My conspiracy theory behind that is that you know, these grocery stores who have massive locations, have massive stakes and, you know, controlling where they are in the towns or whatnot benefits, you know, maybe an alderman or someone in legislation. And you know what? And at some point they probably someone and, and like I said, I'm, I'm not saying that's a fact and, and maybe maybe it could be. But someone definitely said, you know what? The grocery stores aren't making enough on margin, even though we're showing data that, that they're making a good margin. They're not making as much as we want to because I have so much stake in this. I need more. Exactly. And greed adds up to it. So they said, you know what? And the grocery stores, they have skyrocketed. They've made so much fucking money on margin. It is insane. And the thing is, the people who have stake in those grocery stores are making a killing. Those are the ones who really benefited from this. Sure. So in, in one respect, there's there, you know, grocery stores, commodities, consumables, things like that. You know this from from looking at the market, like they're safe bets because they're recession proof. Yeah. They're, they're, and in many respects, they're war proof. Like people love those things. People will never stop eating. They exactly. need grocery stores. Now, here's the thing this is one thing that we've learned. 
the restaurant industry is not safe from that because you can shut down a restaurant. Yep. But you can still buy food from a grocery store. Yep. What I will say is a lot we've seen the privilege that some people have through this pandemic. Yeah. And I'm sorry to say this, but we're from the northwest side of Chicago. We are not Lakeview. We are not those lakeshore communities in Chicago. All of those people, they've got the pretty little signs in their window that say, stay home, wear a mask, be safe. Hey, that's awesome. You guys have your, your nice jobs that you can work from home with. Mm-hmm. And that's great. I worked from home too. That's, that was a luxury that I had. I was fortunate that I had that when I was working during the pandemic. But we don't want the grocery stores to close. We don't want Grubhub to close because we can afford to eat out and have our meals delivered to our house every single night. How many people on the northwest side of Chicago, how many people on the southwest side of Chicago, the south side, the west sides, the poor black and brown neighborhoods in this city, how many people can afford that? They can't afford that. But you're telling those same people, go to work and be good little workers for us because we want to be safe and we want to tell you how to live. That's horrible. And that's and a lot of people I'm sorry, I will go back to my this is one thing I always I I I try to tell people, be careful of all the the rhetoric that is you get these businesses that are like, Oh, we gotta do better progressively, we gotta do this, we gotta do that. Let me tell you something. I don't wanna be lectured to by a big corporation whose only motivation is making money. Mm -hmm. And hey, I get it, you have a place in our society. I'm a capitalist. I'm not railing against you. But again, going back to what we said originally, like be moderate. Don't be don't be ultra right. Don't be ultra left. Have fucking sympathy. Have have, have some and, and understand the, the plight of people that are not in your situation. Like how many people have actually said, you know what? We're telling people to stay home and be safe. And we're getting angry at people that are out and working. Or maybe they're out. Hey, you know what? They don't have the luxuries that you do. They don't live in a, in, a, in a beautiful, nice home, and they can't afford getting Grubhub every single night. How many people, though, actually think of that? Slim to none. Because, people, because ignorance is bliss. Ignorance is bliss. You are, you, are, you are not, many people are not capable of seeing the, the privilege and luxury of their own situation. Hey, and here's, and here's two guys from the Northwest Side. We're talking about this. We're a lot better off than people in... in, in uh, many and, parts and of the world and different situations and th- and that's actually what why I wanted to you know like go into a little bit too because um I was listening to and I'm not finished with the episode um I can't pronounce his, his last name but his name is uh Francis Na- Namugov or something like that he's a UFC fighter came from uh Cameroon okay and um this guy had nothing this guy had nothing all right sure. he he was working the sand mines at 10 years old you know, and, and then, like, the way how he got paid, when he got paid, like, he had to pay for his own books, his own clothes, everything, like, you know, when we talked about, it, you know, when I first had you on, it was, like, the lack of resources that people have. Sure. And, you know, the fact that, you know, we're smoking a cigar, we're having bourbon, we're talking on here. Yeah. Like. We're fucking lucky, man. We are. You know, when we look at other countries, like they they can't do this. They're begging for water. They're begging for power. They're begging for fucking heat. They're 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 begging for the for the clothes, ba- dude. The bare essentials, man. And, and and that's the thing. You're you know what? And and our parents say, "Don't take life for granted." And the thing is, it's like I'm. And you know what? I'm. It's starting to come to me every single time, especially when when, when I'm listening to other people's experiences about this. You know, it's. It's crazy. And the thing is, it's like, you know, when we talked about it first time, America's fucking spoiled. 
they're they're a spoiled fucking country. Fuck yeah, we are, man. You know, we're, we're debating things in this country that have no bearing. They truly do not have any bearing on our lowest members of society. Our lowest members. We're taking up time in the U.S. Congress. We're taking up time in many governments across the across this country, taking Abraham Lincoln's name off of schools and tearing down statues of the founding fathers. Fucking sense does that make? Now, here's the thing: if you want to make the argument that you know you need to take down all these Confederate statues, okay, let's have that discussion. They don't have a place in our history right now, or they were, you know, they were they were negative people. That's fine. I, I can I can appreciate that. But you're focused right now, instead of taking care of people, instead of our, the stock market is, I don't know where it's going, and it's not that it's a full indicator of the economic health, but there are so many people that are unemployed, there's so many people that cannot pay their bills, and you're worried about, you're worried about how people are feeling? You're worried about, some people may be offended that Abraham Lincoln's name is on a school. Get the fuck out of right. here. They, Get the fuck out of here. Like, what privilege do you have? But... This is the problem. It's people like to say oh, it's, it's white privilege. Here's the thing, and that okay, that's a discussion for another day. But let it's me tell bullshit. you something. It's class privilege, and you know who it is? It ain't a bunch of white people. There's a lot of poor white people in this country. A lot of poor white people in this country. You yeah. know what it is? It's rich people. That's it. It's class. We should be concerned about classism in this country. Yeah. That's the big problem. We're stripping away rights for the little guy to get ahead. And by little guy, I mean small business owners. Not not big businesses, but we conflate the two. Like we we treat small businesses worse than we do corporations. I don't get it. In this country. And it's horrible the, because the small businesses, they're the type of people that are investing back in their community. They're the type of people that are putting their kids in school. Your your money when you patronize a local business, that money is literally going on the backs of those people, your neighbors. So I get very defensive when I, I, I just, again. I agree with, no, listen, I agree with you because, us, you know, small businesses, they make up for this country, okay? You, when you look at corporations that have established franchises and, you know, kind of like, you know, being all spread out across the world, like, you know, the, 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 way, the way how I see it, right, and, and, and things, it's like every business start out small, Right. The problem is, is that once they became too big for what they were really known for, then that's where greed comes in. So, and that's what really drives me nuts. Like, you, you know, like for example, right, the story of McDonald's. They, they literally, the size of McDonald's, the way how they operate in the back was it was a hat was the size of half of a tennis court, right? And then, and then that that guy that that guy saw something to where he can he can become successful, and then he got then he got greedy and fucked the the, the original McDonald's people. So yeah, that story. I never watched that movie, but I'm familiar with it, the story. It's a good. I mean, it's a great movie. It's I, good. I've I've, I've but, heard amazing things. But that's just one example, right? Yeah. Like you know, if you open up fucking Ethan's Pop Shop, you know, and, and Pop you, Shop or Pop. Oh, Pop Shop. Oh, okay. I sell soda. Whatever it, it's it's just whatever, fucking right. You're you're doing very very successful, and you want to you want to take your things to the next level. Like you're working hard to push for something bigger, right? Sure. So not only are you helping fucking Chicago and Hiawatha Park, but then now you want to help you know fucking Avondale because maybe they're struggling, and you want to add some exposure. 
Sure. When when business when small businesses expose themselves and they have something to show for it, then that brings the image of that municipality to go up. When you have good established businesses, especially when they're small, then then you know it's like, hey, I can go to Arlington Heights because they got this, 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 and that. Exactly. You know? I don't want to go to fucking Arlington Heights because they got a fucking Culver's, a fucking Raising Cane's, no, yeah. a por- you know, a fucking Born of Beef and all that other shit because that's that's everywhere. It's everywhere. You know, it's it's not original. People want original and authentic things. No matter if it's a candy store, a flower store, or the best fucking wings in the goddamn country. Sure. You know, they want something new. If you see something that, that you're taking out of original context and then doing a mass, you know, production out of it, it's no longer original. It's like you're trying to take fucking dick pills and you're trying to make your dick bigger, but it... it, it your cock doesn't grow or, or like that. No, no, keep going. That analogy works. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, keep going. Don't try to backtrack. That that works. I'm just. <laughs> although, I mean, thank God. Although, although you gotta be careful. No, I know. <laughs> Either way, I'm not making fucking sense of it. But you know where I'm trying to go with it. It's just that Look, I think you, that you, that's. You, I, I do get where you're coming from, and I will add this. First off, I do think that big corporations are successful for a reason. Why do we go to McDonald's? It's convenient. It's easy. It's easy. Same whether, with Apple. Whether you go to a McDonald's in Paris, in Dublin, in London, in Chicago, in New York, you generally know you're getting a quality that is consistent. Yep. You know that you're not walking in, you're like, oh, this McDonald's, those fries are so gross. No, because they all have the same fryers. World round, they like they all because there's one giant corporate office that says, no, you have to use our fryers. You have to use our potatoes. Like, that's a thing. Why do you go to small businesses? You go to, you go to that small restaurant because they also have a good quality product that they can offer. Something unique. Yeah. The, the problem is that it's not, it's not pervasive enough in our society. It is among small business people, I think. But it's branding. It's it's branding. It's branding. Brand. Yeah, like I'm not it's saying that small businesses should be protected. Here's the thing: if you're a bad small business and you go out of and if you go out of operation, that's your fault. It's your fault. I don't have I don't have sympathy for you, and that's why I love Portnoy. I love uh, uh, Dave Portnoy's uh, Barstool Fund. Fun. He said, "You got to show us that you're a viable restaurant. This isn't a handout. We will. If you're a viable restaurant, you've been you've been a successful restaurant, but you're struggling. We will." bankroll your operation yeah if, exactly it's awesome like, that's a great i agree because you know what because he's basically saying is if you're helping your community you have something to put on the table we'll help you because, yeah because that's just how it is and you know where the money is here's the beautiful thing about that money do you know where that money's going it's going right back into the community that family and you and it's a common thread whenever he interviewed someone and i watched a lot of those videos there's tears in their eyes and they're not saying thank god dave you you gave us money so that we can buy a second summer home. No, no. It's we're keeping our staff employed because we love our staff. We care for our staff because our staff are our friends. They're our family. They've been with us for a long time. Hell, they may even be my friend's cousin. They may be my friend's daughter. That's how it that's is. The, but that's the uniqueness of small businesses. Exactly, yeah. Which is why, you know, like families and culture, you know, when you went to Columbia— you saw the true, purest authentication of how of what culture is, because they don't take things for granted. What they got is what they got, and yeah. they cherish every fucking moment of it. You know, when I was a kid on su- on Sundays, I would go to my grandma's house and we would have lunch and just bullshit talk, have a good fucking time. Yeah, that doesn't happen anymore. 
I, I, I remember there was four of my uncles, five or six of my cousins, my parents, my, gran- my grandma. Unfortunately, my grandpa wasn't there at the time because he died when I was you know, early okay. you know, right. age. But everyone was felt pure. Yeah. Food on the table. Talking. Like being in like being in the Sopranos, right? You you see that, you know, all the all, all the boys are having a feast together. They're enjoying the food. They're enjoying the life. And as the seasons progress, you know, and, and it's true, like as we get older, you know, we don't wanna, you know, be with, you know, with, with our families because we, we we've been with them for so for so long. We wanna be with our friends and whatnot. But the but the the value of those moments has diminished aggressively to now where, where it's like this whole pandemic is trying to push that back up. And, and, and I think that's what a lot of people took for granted was that the value of a family and that value of family ties into a business. Like if it, like for example, right? Pizza boy that they just opened up. Okay. Do you know who they are? No, I don't. All right. So, so, so do you ever heard of, you ever heard of a Bertoli's restaurant or Bertoli's pizza? I, I'm they're, embarrassed to say I've not. Uh, I forgot exactly where where they were at, but they're way out west. But um, Carlo Bertoli was was contributing, you know, to his family's pizzeria. But he wanted to do something different. Sure. So he took his family, his wife, his children. He said, "I'm I'm going to do my own thing," and he set up his own his own shop. You know, where remember where the Armands was on Northwest Highway, right by the Moretti's, the Zia's, yeah. the, the you know Cura, right? I do. He set up shop right there. And the thing is, is that he has a passion for his food and for, for his lifestyle. Like he, he opened up that business because he, now he wants to expose his talent, but he, but he also did it for the sake of his, for his love of what he loves to do. Sure. And the fact that now that Park Ridge has a different establishment open, you know, that brings the image of Park Ridge which means more money gets it gets into the community. The taxes that 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 Pizza Boy will collect obviously contributes to that to that community. Absolutely, and it, and it helps everyone all around. Carlo Carlos' businesses it helps him supports his family. His family they love it because because they work for it. They put in all the time for it sure. to establish something great. And that's just one true example of a good small business. You know, like that's that's just one thing. You know? I just want to say this really quick. Downtown Park Ridge, the amount of amazing restaurants that they have, it, it, it's unreal. And when you drive around there and you see people out, like that time where, where they defied the governor's order, they're like, no, we're staying open. Like they all collectively were like, fuck this, we're staying open. I fucking love that. A lot of them. I loved it. I was like, because here's the thing. You are the people. You make your own decisions. The government cannot come in and say, yeah, you can't, you can't make a living. It's their business. Why, fuck that. Why the, why the fuck does the government... The government can't tell you how to run your place. Yeah, you're paying taxes to, 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 to the government because that's that's what they're entitled to, but well, they, they can't tell you, you know, hey, you we're sorry. You can't work, so and, and we're not going to support you on that. Well, pe- people make the mistake that government is like this. They just set the rules and you abide by them. And that's sadly... During this pandemic, we're we're on a we're on very very dangerous footing because we've given a lot of power away, and we've sold away a lot of power. There's a lot of local governments that wanted emergency orders, and emergency emergency orders for emergency powers. That's dangerous as fuck. 
You're basically giving governments a you're another. Selling yourself. You're selling yourself off. You need it. We need to keep governments intact. And I'm not. I don't. You, you should not miss. Here's what I'm saying. Government is not bad. There's a lot of. I there's agree. a lot of stuff that government does well. It does very well. Market research, like research into diseases, uh, disease research, cancer research. That a lot of that comes from congressional appropriations. Our tax dollars go to that. A lot of private companies do that as well, but we help them. Like it's it's a it's a partnership. Mm-hmm. Gover- in Chicago, there's an example. Like it started with Daly. Daly, his whole streetscape uh, plan for Chicago: keep your sidewalks clean. Keep you know your. In Chicago, every sidewalk has to be the exact same width throughout the entire city of Chicago. Downtown. They have special money that is set aside for planters, for beautification, for making sure that the streets look beautiful. Because when the streets are beautiful and it looks amazing and people want to be there, what does that attract? It attracts customers that will patronize businesses. So that's an example of where government does well. We see government operating well in our fire departments. We see government operating well in our in our paramedics. If I was to pick up the phone right now, if either of us had an emergency, there will be cops here, there will be firefighters here, there will be paramedics here. That is a government service that works. Yeah. So we should be happy that they work. Yeah. We should not give control or we should not sit back and bow down to government when they say, we're shutting down, we're not providing you an explanation for why. In the first two weeks of this pandemic, when people were like, yo, we got to shut down, everyone was like, we're in. Yeah. Let's go. We're in this. Like, it's a reasonable thing. You want to shut down for two weeks because we don't know what this thing looks like? Okay, that's fine. I was even okay with it. I was too. I was okay with it when they extended it. When they kept extending it, I was like, okay, I get we're not, we're not over the bridge yet. I had a problem with when they said we got to flatten the curve. And then we flattened it, and then stuff never changed. Now, here's the thing. If you want to tell people, okay, guys, now we all got to wear masks, but we're opening up restaurants, we're opening things up, but people, you got to be safe. We trust you as adults, as taxpayers to be safe. They didn't do that. They basically said, we don't trust you. You're a bunch of children and we like power. And here's the problem with power. People, people. Don't pay people behind a love value. They power. fucking love that, that's the That is the biggest thing that attracts people. The, 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 ince- the biggest incentive to everyone is power. If they're able to delegate, that makes them feel like a million fucking dollars. And, okay, and, yeah, and absolutely. It, and it doesn't, and they, they don't give a fuck about what, who, what impacts anybody. Did you see Cuomo's, or did you hear about Cuomo's phone call that was, it wasn't recorded, but the assemblyman in New York came out and said it. No. He called up an assembly. This is, so this is the whole controversy. I don't know if you're familiar. Cuomo basically, the New York attorney general, the New York state attorney general investigated after there were some claims that nursing home deaths in New York were underreported. They did a study. They found out that upwards of 9,000 deaths from New York nursing homes alone, Frank, 9,000 went unreported. Wow. And Cuomo, essentially, it was a cover-up. His own staff came out and said it was essentially a cover-up. Power. There were investigations that were being threatened. There was a guy who was in charge in New York. He's in charge of the Committee on Aging. So he said, okay, we need to investigate this. Cuomo calls him up, berates him for two hours on the phone, and says, I will end your career. Your car- I will destroy you as a person. His wife was in tears on the phone. This man was besides himself. He took to, to the media, 
He took to social media to say it. And now there's an investigation and there's a pending impeachment inquiry into Cuomo. He should be gone. Who the fuck ever gave that man the illusion that he could call up people and say, I will fucking destroy you if you cross me? See, that is the fucking problem. No, yeah. And it, that's it, a huge problem. It's it, and it's streamlined all across. It, it, it's it, it's happening, but it only happens to me. I think it only happens in major cities. Chicago, truly one one of the biggest cities. California as a state happens. Florida, when I, and Florida's got it under control, baby. I love Florida. <clears throat> I don't. I don't give a fuck. It doesn't matter what your politics are. No. You got to You got to realize, like, it doesn't matter what you think about anything. Like. Thing is, their numbers make sense. What? And they didn't shut. They, they didn't shut things down to the degree that we did up here. Let they me, were safe. Wear your mask in a restaurant. Be safe. But we're going to keep everything open. We're going to keep everybody healthy. Yeah. And and let me just say this: like they, I, I someone tells me this, right? Yeah, coronavirus is a you know thing, whatever. Right? It's a virus. But if you die tomorrow, are things going to change? No. It's a fucking virus. It's the same thing. It's, I've had it. I've and the only, so did I. You know, I had a test that said that I had it. I have the antibodies, by the way. Yeah, me too. There you go. Well, I make it. No, I didn't know that. I I didn't know that I um that I had it though, which was, which was crazy. But a lot of people. That was a lot of people. I figured, I I have a theory of how I got it. Okay, and I think it's grocery stores. It, I mean, it makes I think so. the, the I, way the I way I that really, some of the, the way that some really of them conduct so. themselves, the way that some of them conduct themselves. I really think so. Sure. I think I think that that's the way. I mean, besides besides my job for what I do is you know I travel. Sure. But either way, it's you know with Florida, <coughs> with Florida, it's that you know I I look at it as this. It's it's life, okay. Uh, this is this is my my open minded optimistic set. Florida, I think, did a very good job. I don't care what anyone says. I would. I would go to Florida in a heartbeat because you know what? I'm trying to live my life. Okay, absolutely. R restaurants, should, the, the restaurants should, should have never been punished, and 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 people should have not been punished. If you're healthy, do what you gotta do. Go out, enjoy your life. Yeah, exactly. You, you know, and if you're not healthy, stay home and, and just or, or just just stay away from people. That's that's the thing. That's another that thing. Is, but real quick, you want to shut down restaurants in in the beginning of this pandemic for a little bit until we know what's going on. Hey, I get it. That's I, I respect that. I'm if not. You're, if you're, if you're gonna shut down restaurants, you're gonna you're gonna shut down everything. You're gonna you're you're gonna shut down grocery stores. You're gonna shut down every single see, industry except hospitals. But see, here's that the is thing. the only thing that I wouldn't shut down. But here's the thing: you can't do that because then people realize, oh wait, if if you shut that down, how do I get my stuff? If you shut down gas stations, how do I get gas? If you shut down this, how? But, but and here's the thing: then people start to realize, oh wait, this has an impact on everybody. Yeah. I can't just I can't just cookie cutter this situation to fit my needs. Oh yeah, no, shut down the office place. That's fine. Hey, that's great. You can work from home. You can make money. That's great. Joe Soap over there is a is a waiter at a restaurant. He doesn't have that luxury. No. He set up his life because he's a waiter. He needs that money. And you're just going to take that away from him. And this is here's another thing that I will say and I think that this is important. If, if you're at an at-age risk, like if, you, if you're over, you know, what do they say? They say 65 or over, you know, whatever, you're at the, the high-risk category. Why the fuck aren't you staying at home? Man, I've seen so many old people coming out here, and they're not wearing masks, too. 
I see a lot of old people that are just skirting the, the rules. They're yeah. like, oh, I survived everything else. I don't need it. And, I, and it's scary. I'm not saying everybody. I'm not saying everybody. Yeah. But I, it is scary that they're the type of people that we're trying to protect, at-risk people, people that have health issues. Yeah. But at, at the same time, you know, think about it, right? Let's say you're 75 years old. What else do you got to fucking lose? Seriously, at that at that point, you live you have lived through so much shit, you've seen so much stuff. Well, you know, you you you've experienced almost everything that you can, that you can like take, and then you ask yourself, you know, besides me, you know, spending time with my family and everything else, like, what else is there? You know, and it's, and, and and to them, it's like well, that's a personal decision. I mean, of I'm course, not, you know, of course. Like, but if they're gonna if they're if they're gonna go out. If they're gonna go out and just you know take their life and and decide what they want to do with it, by all means, so be it. Do it. But that's the thing, and that's what we have a problem with is personal choice. Trust your neighbor. Trust your neighbor to do the right thing. I think yeah. people do get skeptical. Like again, and, and I'm I'm a libertarian in many respects. Like I believe like I believe in self determination. I believe in in freedom of speech. Like let people do what people do because people will naturally do the right thing. Yep. People start to get weird when you tell them what to do. Yep. People start to get weird when they say, no, your, your kids can't uh, come to school for a whole year. They can't. Yep. They can't. Are you good? Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> but, like, here's the thing. I know what you're saying. I'm saving this I, booger, by the way. Oh, I, right. um, I, know, I know what you're saying. And it's like, yeah, you're right. You're, people shouldn't, you know, the government shouldn't be entitled to tell people how to live their life. Because everyone has one life, and they have to and they have to live it the way how they want to live it, and and things like yes, you know you have to take your you know precautionary measures to protect yourself because the one thing that people should always cherish is their health, their family, but most and 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 obviously you you know the the broad you know topic of his life, if you know cherish the food that you're eating, cherish the clothes that you have, cherish the shelter that you're living at. Cherish the people that you're with. You know what? And it's and if, if you're okay to sacrifice the two weeks that was mandated or maybe a month, sure. you know? It's just it's just one month, right? Yeah. Now, obviously if you're at risk then obviously you want to do whatever you can to enjoy that that month because you know you never know what could happen. But if you know that that one month won't kill you, it's okay. You you people are willing to take that sacrifice. And and again, this is I will say this. I, I'm not. I'm not in favor of. Oh yeah. Well, if you're so worried about it, you stay home and we'll continue partying. That's not what I'm advocating. What I'm. What I'm saying is, don't shut anybody's businesses down. Tell everybody, hey guys, let's wear a mask. Wear a mask when you're out. Like it's good. It's just. It's a simple thing that you can do. Don't get all. Don't get all weird about it and say, oh my, the mask is hurting me in some way. Just. Just do it. You know, it's not the biggest thing. And hey, and if you don't like the masks then just don't put yourself in a situation where you got to wear one. Stay the fuck home. But I'm just worried about the, the fact that we're, we're, tell, we're truly like telling people how to live their life. And that's, that's, there's risks to take. There's, there's, there's no a risk for answer. everything. There is a risk for everything. There, yeah. There's a risk for everything, and that's just how it is. You know what? And that's, that's it. That's all, that's all you can really do. You know? But the thing is, though, it's like overall – Right, you know, I um, I've learned I, I still learn a, a lot of things from from what you tell me. Like every time I talk to you on the phone, I learn a lot of shit from you. 
where where you, you think you're not. It's crazy. I enjoy learning. Likewise, it, it, man. It, it's it's weird. I used to hate I used to hate school. And the only reason why I used to hate school because it was the thought of getting up in the morning and just and just going to school and then that's it. It's but different, man. It, school it, school that we had was different. The learning that we have now, it's like you want you want to learn. It's like a motivation. Yeah. Like I love and I didn't mean to cut you off, but people when they <laughs> I love the uh the memes or I love just like the tweets when people make them like, I am so happy that I learned about parallelograms. Like I'm just waiting for when I can like whip that knowledge out about parallelograms and about like, yeah. like, and, and about like, there were so many times where all throughout middle school and even in high school, you learn like what a mitochondria is and what a, what the nucleus of a cell is. Hey, that's great. That stuff. Someone out there needs to know that. Yeah. But you guys never taught us how to do taxes. You never taught us how to invest in the stock market. How to buy a house. You never taught us how to buy a fucking house. Or a car. Or how do you, why how, is it, How to budget. How to like, budget. Why is there so many people out there right now that are like, I can rent at $1,500 a month, but the bank will not approve me for a mortgage that will end up costing me... The same thing. The same, if not less... Because you need to reach so many stringent requirements. Oh yeah, you know we need to look at your credit. We need to look at your at your uh, employment history. We need to look at how much money you make. You can't make too much money if you want to get this particular type of loan. If you want to get this conventional loan, okay, well you need fifty thousand dollars cash. Just get it. It's simple. It's easy. Oh yeah. What? And, but, and but we but again. That, but thank God that we know what a parallelogram is. Yeah. Thank God we know. You know, and again, I'm not I'm not shitting on science and I'm not shitting on math. It's obviously those things are very important. But here's a good type of math that we should have learned in school. We should have learned every single year, starting in like fifth grade, how to balance a checkbook. Yep. We need to like what is APR? If you ask the average person, I if we go, obviously if we if things if times were normal, mm -hmm. if we went to DePaul right now and we did like a Jay Leno, you know, like jaywalking where he went up and he interviewed people and he asked them like simple questions. Mm -hmm. What is, what does APR mean? They'd be like, uh, I don't know. Okay. What is, what is a dividend? Uh, I don't know. Do you know what, what stock is? What uh, is a stock? Yeah. What is, what is the difference? And, and not even complicated stuff. Like if you legitimately ask people, what, what is a mortgage? They'd be like, Oh, well, you need it. You know, if, if you're a home buyer, if you're, if you own a house, right. But what is it? They'd be like, uh, I, I don't, I don't, no. they wouldn't know that. Okay. Well you put a down payment down. The bank, the bank basically is loaning you money. Loaning you money. They're trusting you with with the purchase price of your home because very few people have like the five hundred thousand dollars needed to buy a home or the yep. three hundred thousand dollars to buy a home around here, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And they, you give a down payment to show that you know you have some money, you have some skin in the game, and then they loaned you the money and you pay it back over fifteen or thirty years. But people don't understand that concept, the, which is that. fucked. They're, they're like paying something for thirty. Years. Yeah, that's right, man. That's fucking crazy. You know, it's the cost of having a shelter as a concept is just absurd. And 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 just a, like a little short point, there's there's three there's a couple things, but I'm only gonna name three that I think should be absolutely free: education, <clears throat> healthcare, and a warm shelter. Okay, those are the, those are the only things. Obviously. You know, there, there, there's a cost to everything. There I, is. I, That's the thing. I get that. And and you know what? There's, I don't know how, how there could be a realistic situation for all of it, but generally speaking, every person should be entitled to that without 
any type of burden. That's that's the only general point I want to make. I think in a in a obviously I would love for that to be the case. Obviously, you know that would be an ideal situation. The only problem is, I and and you put it best uh, earlier. You said a lot goes into building a house. A lot. There's a lot of tradesmen involved. Who are going to pay those people? Yep. Okay. Well, the, the government will. They'll they'll subsidize housing. Yeah. But right. How, but how's the government going to pay it? But how it's, exactly? Besides, what are they going to print money? Like okay, and then well, then our then the U.S. dollar is worth what? There's oh, then we're going then it, a loaf of bread will cost like a million dollars. That was the case in Germany when they were just printing money back in before World War Two. Like, and I'm not getting into the minutia here, but at the end of the day, as much as as much as those things are valuable, not valuable, they're they're essential. We can make them affordable, and we can make the access to them better. Yep. But we like I get worried when people say. We need to increase the minimum wage to X. We need to get free health care. We need to, you know, like there should be more, uh, uh, you know, access to housing. Like housing should be a, a right, not something that you can buy. Here's the thing. They're great ideas, but we also need to realize like. Got to be realistic. You have to be realistic. Yeah. Because what you're basically saying is you're saying, okay, well, the people that provide all those services, just do it. Just do it. It's not that easy. Like, it's not easy to be a doctor. It's not. It's not easy to be a surgeon. It's not easy to, okay, so, okay, healthcare is free. What is the incentive then for our our best doctors to be the best? This has been, okay, and I'm just, this is proven in the United States that Canada has has single-payer health system. They do. And healthcare is essentially free. People will go to the United States as opposed to their practitioner in Canada because they know they're getting the absolute best treatment. This is just and a Canadian that was on Rogan's podcast was talking about this. He said, well, he said, sure. You know, my father went to seek like cancer treatment in the United States because this guy in Philadelphia was like the best and he got the best treatment. Now, what is interesting is the Canadian government picked up the tab because they were like, Okay, well, you can't get that service in Canada, so we'll pay for it. You, you, you're a Canadian citizen. We can't provide that to you. So if you go somewhere else to get it, we'll pick up the tab. Now, that's awesome. Yeah. That's like, if, if you can figure out how that works, that's awesome. But let me, t- let me just say this real quick. We do not have a healthcare problem in this country. No. We, we have an insurance problem. Yep. The insurance is the problem. Like, people want to jump at me when I say that. It, w- w- as soon as I say health, we don't have a healthcare problem, people are like, you're crazy. We have an insurance problem. We have insurance companies hold hospitals hostage because when they they help fund medical research, they help fund these hospitals, their shareholders in these things. They have these things called like the master charge, like the charge master. I don't know if you're familiar with it. I'm not sure. The charge master basically says that like uh, when an, like an insurance company or like a hospital group, they set the prices for everything. So a pair of gloves, when, when a nurse puts on a pair of gloves, and if they're like, you know, touching your elbow and they're like, okay, well, your elbow's broken, you're paying $9 for that pair of gloves. When you get a Tylenol at a hospital, it's $48. Now, this, this fluctuates throughout the country. But back in 2017, I was writing a paper, and we were looking at the charge master for, for an average Chicago hospital. If you go in and you say, hey, my, my elbow hurts, okay, mm-hmm. the pair of gloves that the nurse uses is $9, your visit costs four hundred dollars whatever it is your time the doctor's time the tylenol that they give you is forty eight dollars 
if they give you like, okay, well, we're going to give you some type of like, we'll, we'll, we'll write you a prescription. We'll give you this. All of that adds up. That's why a single emergency room visit costs thousands for so many Americans. It's not because our healthcare system is broken. A Tylenol costs not $48 at Walgreens. Yeah, exactly. But when you go to the hospital, when they give it to you, it costs $48. It's because our insurance system is completely fucked in this country. The insurance co companies have so much power. They control that charge master. They can control what you want. And for people that say like, oh, why is it that way? They have a big lobbying effort in this country. Yep. They have a big lobbying effort. I'm not, money will never be taken out of politics completely. It's impossible. It is the grease that makes the wheel go, but we can control it. We yeah. can control how insurance companies behave. We can introduce legislation. The only problem is the insurance company bankrolls people on both sides of the aisle. Yeah. You know, that's, people think like, oh, it's a Democratic issue. It's a Republican, it's the Republicans' fault. It's a Democrat's fault. No, it's both of theirs because they're both, they're both getting tons of money from the insurance companies. So not to go on a rabbit hole, but when you said like healthcare should be a right, I, I agree that basic healthcare should be available for people. And yeah. here's the thing in this country it is. If you don't have healthcare and you walk into an emergency room, they're not turning you away. No. They're helping you. Yeah. I agree. Like we, they have a, they have an obligation to. It's just it's just the financial aspect of it. That's the problem, and that's that's what it is. The insurance, it, it's the that they know that they're making a ridiculous amount of money. They know like their their shareholders pump tons of money into insurance because they know that their lobbying efforts will pay off when they when essentially when they you know when they bankroll congressmen when it, they bankroll these lawmakers it, exactly and, and they're allowed, and that's what that's what it all protected. that's what it all ties back into. That's what it all ties back into. It's it's sad. It's the truth. Yeah. What, you know, what can we, what can we really do about it? I mean, it's just, there's not much we can do, but I know that little by little, you know, we, we can make a step forward. So it, I agree. That's all. And so, I, it's, that's, I mean, there's no perfect solution because no. we, I, I, to be honest with you, it's, it, I don't want to make this so simple, but we know what the solution is. And it's to rein in insurance companies when it comes to healthcare. It is. And I, if people want to know, I mean, Google what it, what the charge master is, and Google what you know, like mandatory costs are at hospitals. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, that's at, at like some... they literally tell you. They say you cannot charge less than this for this service. Yeah, that's definitely preposterous. I and mean, it's, uh, I don't know. It's it's frightening. Yeah, and, and ending is too. I mean. Listen, there's so there's so many things that we could like go on and on about, you know, and different types of topics, different types of topics, especially when you're talking about minimum wage, because I, I have a big thing about that, but it's too much. It's it's stressful to talk about. It just is because it's like everything is is, is very expensive. The value of a twenty dollar bill back then felt like a hundred bucks. The twenty the value of a twenty dollar bill now feels like a dollar. It's, it's it it sucks ass. Yeah, and it's I mean that and that's natural. That's inflation. It's yeah, natural. But but the fact that a twenty dollar bill at the beginning of twenty twenty is and and you know there's a there's this thing called the CPI the consumer the consumer price you, index. Yeah. And when you you anyone can look at this like okay the value of your twenty dollar bill today today is twenty dollars obviously that's the metric. But it doesn't feel like this that. this time like this time last year it may have been. Twenty three dollars, twenty four dollars, yep. and that just goes to show you that the currency that you have in your pocket is, is is always it's always devaluing. 
So tip of the day, get an ETF fund. Yeah. Get a, put, uh, put your money in, in mutual funds. <laughs> I'll, tell you, I'll tell you one thing, though, man. I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very grateful for what I have in that. I've been actually a lot more flexible into doing a lot of things. You know, when I was working at the bank, it's, um, I wasn't really, uh, you know, I was actually very fortunate about my pay because I was actually paid a lot higher than, than the average um, banker they get paid for. And the only reason why I say it is because I knew somebody. Sure. You know, and now it's like, you know, when, when you have, when people have, you know, access to, to more funds, it's the positive to that is that, you know, you're flexible to do more things, which of course, of, of which of course is a g general aspect, which is that. a good thing. It's, yeah. it's not a bad thing. And that's why, you know, um, for people who, who, who really like work hard to get to it, to where they're at, I, I have mad respect for that. And the one person that I personally have a lot of respect for, I'm not sure if you know who he is. Um, he's my buddy Tyler. I'm not sure if you, you you guys probably met once at a at a gathering at possibly you know. yeah for sure. Uh, Tyler's uh, is a is a good example of a person that I really look up to because you know um, everybody's families are different. Sure. Okay. And um, and he he basically had to and, and this this actually kind of includes myself but. You know, he he had it more of to where he had to do everything on his own. And the fact that he had to take that at such a young age and figure out things little by little to now where he's at, it's incredible. It's incredible. It's like, you know, he... Um, like a self-made man. Type yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that's, I love that's, that. That, that's, that's what really you know, inspires me. You know, I was working at, at the pizzeria, if you want to use this, um, I was, you know, at eight years old, I was making pizzas and, and my mom, and basically, and, and the reason why at that age I started doing it was because, you know, 2005 was when my father left. And basically when he left, you know, it was, it was me to become the man of the house. Sure. Tyra became the man of the house. Pro you know, probably at, at, at either the same age or, or younger than I am. And he, right. and he had to take, you know, he, he had, he had to take care of his brother, take care of his mother, you know, like it's the situation that, that, that he had, it was very, it was very interesting because him and I had a lot of um, things in common and, you know, now he has his own place. Right. Think about that. We're talking about like at eight years old, we, we didn't even think about, owning a place. We didn't even think about any of that. Yeah. And then, you know, through high school, you know, having, having to find our, our own, our own way around, you know, find a way to make ourselves a living, you know, not really having, you know, um, an edge to give, you know, for help. He didn't have any of that. Yeah. You know, and, and he, he worked, he worked hard every single day. I've, and I remember like him and I would have the longest talks, deepest fucking talks. And right. You know what? It's like it gets emotionally draining. It's sure. it's it's hard. Like he, the way how how he kind of improved and grew into his life was from, in my opinion, an entrepreneurial standpoint. Yeah. You know, and and what he does now, he gives back to the community, and, and you know, as a service. So he, that's incredible, man. He, it's you know, it's just and things. It's like that's the one thing that really inspires me because it's it's hard to find someone like that who has basically started from nothing and now he's 
still continuing to figure out what's the next move. Yeah. You know, and, I, and it, it, it's tough. It's like, you know, we, when I started out, it's like, you know, there, there, there would be times where I would be spoiled and, and I'm guilty of that. Sure. You of know, course. everyone. And is. I, and the thing is, I always hated asking my mom for money, especially when, when I didn't have a job. Cause I remember like the first, first, maybe like, you know, five times I would say, I was like, okay, you know, this is, this is nice. You know, and then, you know, I, I had to figure out, I figured out some ways to do it by, you know, either restaurant or, you know, spending the night, you know. Um, but the moment that I got a job and the moment I got a job and what, and didn't have to ask my mom for anything was the greatest feeling in the world because I knew right there and then that this is my work. I'm doing it. I'm rewarding myself with this. And to now to where, you know, my situation is, is nice. You know, there, there's times where I take my situation, I take my situation for granted. Of course. It's sure. And, I think we and, all do, you know, yeah. and it's just, I'm starting to, to really think it's like, it's like, you know what? It's like, you know, a lot of people deserve more, but when I look at myself, it's like, you know, what? I, I should be content with what I have. I always, I'm always talking about moving out of my house, doing something different, looking for the new move, which is fine. I like that. But at the same time, it's like I'm always eager to rush to move to something different and not appreciating the things I have right now. That's my problem. Yeah. You know, like, and that's why, you know, when, especially when I have that flexibility of having more, you know, money based off the living that I'm having is, is nice. Like I get to enjoy the moment that I had yesterday when I went to Maple Nash or, you know, what, what, Every time we go out to Marais, even though I fucking hate Marais with a passion, really, I, I do. Even though I hate Marais with a passion, it's like I should be grateful that I'm, that I'm able that I'm able to do that. You know, it's I, I think you. It's amazing that you have that perspective, though. I think a lot of people don't sit back and I know it's cliche to say, but um, was like stop and smell the roses. Like the fact that you have the that perspective to turn around and say, you know. I may not like this place that I'm at right now, but I'm not going to take advantage or I'm not going to take it for granted. I'm here. I'm working. I'm healthy. I'm out eating at a place. Like it's, it's the small things yeah. that, that create yeah, the bigger picture. That's, that's what I'm really being more open to is, you know, looking at the small things yeah. and just really taking a step back. You should be, you should be proud of where you are, man. You really should. And I know I say it, but it's, it, I think it's often the people that, um, have the least that give the most. And I, and I mean that in a, in, a, in a certain way. Like, I feel like whatever you have not had in this life, it's never held you back. It's not, it's not a handicap. You've, you've, it's, it, you've it, grafted, it, man. Like you've, you've figured out, I, I'm just, I think that you're an inspiring person. Tyler sounds like an incredible person from what you've said. And I can see that passion that you have. Like you, you love that kind of, a person that may not have had what what other people are fortunate enough to have. What's crazy is that um, I lived in a house with full of, of women. Sure. So I didn't have like a fatherly or manly figure. That's what I'm getting. You know, at, yeah. to, you know, to really look up to. So you know, besides m my neighbor and my boss at the that, that I used to work for at the ice cream shop, you know, and and my stepfather. Sure. Tyra was literally the guy that. I, you know, could go to like this. That's and, awesome. And, and that's, 
pretty much what, what I'm saying is that, uh, you know, for people who have somebody like that, you know, it's, 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 it's very valuable. It's very rare. I would say, I, I don't, I don't think it's really common. It's like, especially now where everyone can just devote to going on their phone and just finding a easy way out. It's yeah. the, the, the whole point of communication is just, it's, it's different. And, and that's the one thing that I truly regret is not really forcing myself to be more communicative because when Tara and I were in high school, we would talk every day. As soon as I went away to college, I completely fucked up. Sure. Cause you, and thing is it's like, you know, people, people say like, when you go away, you forget about what's at home. I wouldn't necessarily say that I forgot. It just wasn't a thought. It wasn't there. You know, it's just, right. exactly. So, you know, to, to the point to where our, like, you know, it's the love is there, but the strength of communication wasn't there. Sure. And that's, and that's what, you know, day by day, little by little, I'm trying to somewhat figure out, you know, and, and, and even if it's like a five minute phone call, my, my grandma would call me every day, every single day, just to talk, even if it was for two minutes, it was just somebody to talk to. Sure. You know? The fact, you know, when I'm on the road and I, 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 I say to myself, I'm going to, I'm going to call Ethan, just see what, what he's up to. Absolutely. Just a bullshit, you know? And, and things it's like, I, you know, I, sh I should be doing that with Tyler and, you know, and everybody else that I really have established a really true connection with. I call my, I call, I call my boss at the ice cream shop. Like it's just, there's people that I call on the daily. You just call. Yeah. You know? And, and the problem is, is that I didn't, I didn't, I didn't establish and strengthen the communication that I had with him. Even though it sounds like a kiss ass statement, it, it's sure it's it's what I feel. And, and but to to generalize what I'm saying is that people should communicate with one another on a daily basis because people need it. People really need it. And you know, and when you're saying that you're looking for a travel buddy, it's it, it's a, it's a light bulb that 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 that's it that that's on my head. And I'm I'm that's what I want. That's what I'm passionate about. I'm like passionate exploring the world, exploring different places, and actually executing them. Not the idea, because an idea could be an idea, but if it's not executed, then what the fuck is it? It's just a philosophy of of well, words. It's that, just that. It's just an you know? idea. It, it, the thing is, I I like ideas, but I like ideas when they're actually executed. If they're if they're not executed, then it's just a whole mental draining of of myself. Right. I, let me just say this: I think that people struggle with the idea of the meaning of life. I think you've just kind of po you've poked a hole at that, and you've said communication is everything. Human relation is everything talking to people, talking to your friends, those who mean the most. You having a five-minute conversation with your grandma every day, how many people have never had that? And how has that impacted their life? And they feel lonely and empty. And the fact that you have realized now, like, calling someone is, it's not, it shouldn't be. It should be forced. It, sh it shouldn't be forced, but it also shouldn't be, like, it shouldn't be out of the norm. We should make it normal to, like, call people and be like, what's going on, hey? Because... That's what we're here for. We're, 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 we're social creatures. And like you said, you travel, you discover new things. It inspires you. It motivates you. When you come back, you have a different perspective on life. 
your passions are exacerbated. You're like, I, I want to do something new now. I want to, this, this has inspired me to do this. I want to eat differently. I want to exercise more. That's life. Life yeah. is experience and it's, it's having a good time and it's enjoying the people around you. So I don't know. It's like, it's just a little, like, like for, like for example, a small example that we learned in, in, in social studies class, Lewis and Clark, when they fucking found the Pacific ocean yeah, and they came back and told everybody about it and then they explored more land. That's just the opportunity of life right there. Sure. That's, do you know, do you know what I'm saying? Now people may, yeah. And that's the thing. I think people may, uh, may get angry. It'll be like, Oh, well, uh, Lewis and Clark didn't discover it. Uh, other people discovered it, you know, centuries before. Who gives but a fuck? I get what you mean. No, but, but what, but, but the, what you're saying is true. It's, it, it's that intrepidity, that kind of adventure complex that says, let's go and discover something. Let's go back and tell people about it. And people make action on it. They're like, okay, well let's, then we got to go. We got to go settle the West. We and gotta, that's, and, and that's how small businesses, that's how, you know, uh, monuments and places are, are always marked is, is by word of mouth. If someone doesn't go there, how is someone going to know what, what's going to go on over there? Isn't it interesting that when people ask like, and, and just to piggyback off of that, people say, um, you know, why do you want to go to Mars to Elon Musk? And he says, why not? Yeah. And he says, well, because if there's a, a disaster situation where earth gets wiped out, humankind is done. So if we go to Mars, we have another human colony Human life sustains. If Earth ever was to just, you know, we can't live here anymore, well, humankind moves on. Yeah. This life, this, this thing we know as life, as humans, as, as, a, as a giant species, continues. So when people say, why go there? Why not? Exactly. He also says, like, don't you feel confined on Earth? Why not go adventure? Be intrepid. Have a, a, multi, like a, a multiple planetary-like species. And, and I think people struggle. They're like, well, yeah, but why? Stop asking why. Look at what's in front of you. Look at your friends. Look at the experiences out there. Eat good food. Drink good wine. Like, just have a good time. It's not, and it's not simple for other people. It's not simple. There's challenges. Life is not easy. I'm not saying it is, but... People need a break sometimes. People need a break. And, but also, like, I think life is... I, here, stop chasing happiness. Chase purpose. And when you chase purpose in life... Like if you hate, like if you hate your job, don't quit, but figure out a way to get out of it and do something you love and make money. And then with money, you're comfortable. And then you get to, you know, you get to have the life that you enjoy. Mm -hmm. We only get one shot at this. That's it. That's all we know of. That's we it. don't know if there's a heaven after this. I, I believe, I believe in, that in, that, an, in an idea. Yeah. I, I do. I, I'd like I to think too. that. I but at too. the end of the day, I know in the back of my mind, that is also a comfort that we give ourselves. Yep. It is. I fear death, to be honest with you, and I'll tell you why. It's just like because the only reason why I fear death is because I, even though I know, I know it's gonna happen. Right. That's I'm, I know that. Sure. But the only reason why I fear it is because I don't want it to happen sooner, you know, than than what than what they say what what my average you know life expectancy is. Like you know what I'm saying like I want to enjoy the time that I have, and then you know and enjoy as much as I can. I you know I. There's not enough time. There was, there, there's not enough time for everything, and that's why I, you know, I fear death because if it beats me before, you know, before I get to do everything, then sucks. It it sucks. Yeah. It's, yeah but that's all you can say. It it, it ends. Sucks. Yeah, Sorry. That's, it. that's that. That's all. That's why it's so important. Like when I I talk to people and I'm asking, you know, hey, what's new? How are you feeling? 
don't tell me what's going on at work. I mean, you can obviously like yeah, share but, with me that, but like your work is not you. It's exactly. not your life. Like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, what's the side hustle? What are you, what's the book you're reading? What's the podcast you're listening to? Like, do you have plans to travel? Do you have plans to, what are you as the individual doing? Cause here's the thing when you're gone in the grand scheme of things, yeah. what have you taken from this place? Exactly. What have you taken from it is what's your walkaway point? That's it. Yeah, I, I, do, I think people are. I, I think people have a skewed, and and I, it makes sense. We're not taught to live life. We're not taught to love life. We're taught to be good little soldiers in school, good little good little robots, good little employees, so we can go out and be just another number and just work and work and work. And people like sixty five. People are like, oh, I retired sixty five. Why? Who came up with that number? Yeah. Someone came up with it. Do you know who came up with it? Business. They said, yeah, it's a good age. The government came up with it. They said, yeah, it's a good age to start paying people yeah. for retirement, all the money that they paid in. Stop looking at things like that. Like, And I'm not saying quit everything and just become a nomad. That's not what I'm saying. Like, Don't, you know, don't ruin your life, but build yourself a life that you love living, that you're proud of living. And hey, I'm not an expert at all at all. I'm, I'm struggling. We're all struggling to do it. But I think I've realized like, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to ever there, I was reading, I, I was reading a, uh, a very, uh, scary article, not scary article, but what was said was pretty scary at the end. Um, some man was studying all of the stuff that we're talking about. He's studying like life and, and people's regrets and fear of death and stuff. And he was at a man's bedside that he was uh, interviewing. And this man had like cardiac arrest and this man ended up dying. But his last words on his deathbed were so much wasted time. That's fucked. It is fucked. That's it. His last words. That's it. It's done. Lights out. He died. And he did last words. So much wasted time. Imagining being on your deathbed and just thinking so much wasted time. Now, my, my, I don't necessarily know if I fear death. I think, you know, people fear the end and they, they want to know how closure is and they want to have like control over things. Yeah. You know, they want to have control. For, over yeah. Things. Yeah. For, and, for people, that's the case. And I think that people fear like, like what you said, not being able to accomplish everything you want to accomplish. Here's the thing. Remove that from your fears. Do what you want to do. I mean, look, if you want to be a singer and you can't sing, recalibrate don't i'm not saying you know i'm not being naive here and i'm not being cliche and like oh follow your dreams do what you're good at mm -hmm. do like here's the thing there's people that are miserable as accountants yeah but there's other people that are not miserable as accountants they like accounting it's their thing that's they should be proud of that yeah if you're like if you are a janitor but you love just popping in your earbuds and doing your thing and you don't care what people think fuck yeah, yeah. do it man i've been here's the thing I know people that are happy as can be as bartenders. They make great money. They yeah. love doing it because they're socially interacting every day. Exactly. They have a great, and here's the thing. You know what? They are far richer than many billionaires out there. There yeah. are billionaires out there that are sorrowful, that are struggling to find purpose. Why? It's because they don't fucking, they're incredibly intelligent people. They probably amassed a huge wealth, but they it's the social aspect. They, they probably never had that. They probably had never had a life. Yeah. They don't have many friends. They don't have that th stuff set up. They don't. They don't value human connections. They were never flexible to oh, to see other things. That's, that's the thing, the, you know. And the thing is, the hospitality industry is by far my favorite industry. Fuck because yeah, that's, same right here. That is the the life it right is. there. I, I it's, think it, that it, it's there's there's every aspect. There, there's music, interaction, food, love, laughter, wh whatever it is. 
it's got a stirring pot of what life is. I think that there's a lot of people that are fortunate enough to find a position in a restaurant or a position, like you said, in the hospitality industry. They may work at a casino. They may work at a nightclub. Whatever it is, that industry is big, and they love it because mm -hmm. it, it not so much for the money. It gives them money. Obviously, they need money to survive. But it's like you said. It's the food, the love for the people they work with, the love for serving people and for interacting with people. Uh, I've fallen in love with that, uh, certainly in the time. I mean, I always thought as, you know, my first job ever was working with my dad, but my second job, my real job was working in a restaurant. And I still, to this day, work on the side at a restaurant and I love it. It's great money. I'm flexible. I, my schedule is great. And it's, <laughs> And there's I, human interaction, man. And there's that's human what interaction. It, that, that's what I, it is. I love the people I work with because they're great people, and sometimes we'll go out for drinks. I'm even planning a, possibly going to on a trip with one of them soon. It's That's what it is. I, I'm not – I don't – there's no uh, – I don't know. I'm not looking towards other people for validation. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. And I'm working on, and I'm working on all my other stuff. Like, you know, and yeah. it's just, I'm having a good time and I'm figuring stuff out. Um, well, I'm, I don't know. Long time. And you're, you're a really inspiring person. And, uh, you know what? I, I really appreciate, you know, um, having you, you know, being part of my life and really just, you know, open my eyes. And, uh, we we got i want to talk to you about you know doing travel plans because i want to do it absolutely man. you know and i just want to say uh it's not a it's not a one-way street man you're you're an inspiration you really are your work ethic your grind your backstory everything about you man you are a, a ray of light for a lot of people you're a great person i appreciate truly, it absolutely and, and you got and you gotta take one of those uh flavors home so I'll, oh I'll, yeah I'll, 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 I'll get, you, i get ice cream as I'll a parting like, gift I'll, like, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll what you get it's just like uh, from a uh, blue mon state the, 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 have you ever seen blue mon state real quick yeah i have okay of course. do you remember uh raymond the uh the backup court uh, the quarterback who, who was supposed to take over moran's job he can't, he was like a new guy Basically, like had the arm. Basically, what he would do is every time he would fuck a girl, he would he would he would tell her he would tell her girl, all right, take your plan B and take your party package and get the fuck out. <laughs> oh, that's right. Wait, his, his name was uh, Raymond. No, no, not Raymond. Uh, Raymond, I think. Yes, Ray yes, Ray yes. And yes. he's like, oh, this is the money maker right here. Yeah, I love dreams. Yes. <laughs> like, Welcome back to dreams, dreams. bro. He's got like an ISO. What is it? The ISO chronic. Yes, yes, exactly. Like, he's like and sitting he, in the yeah. in, the, in the fucking yeah. He's just uh, banging girls. Like, hey, he's, he's like, all right, thank you. You're done. Take your shit. Take take a plan B. Take a part of yeah. and get the fuck out. So that's what I'm saying. Take take, take take your flavor and get the fuck out. <laughs> I'll take my bourbon with me too. Oh uh, shit, man. Well, Ethan, man, thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate it, man. Um, but yeah, let's talk about doing the trip. It's been awesome. Let's do it. All I right. It, man. I'll see you, man. Thank you, brother. All right. Thank you, brother.